Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me so wake me up when it's all over When I'm wiser and I'm older All this time I was finding myself in love Didn't know I was lost So wake me up when it's all over And this is Unrelegated. Welcome to just another bi-week blues bustin'. Madness ensued at Lane United Podcast. For the people! By, well, two other people. I'm Jay Riddle. I am Kelly Francis. What's going on? Yeah, what's happening? We are joined by a couple of guests. We just had a great yes. dinner um, at Hudson FC. We had uh, the best which, dinner. as you know, as listeners, is becoming uh, quickly becoming one of our favorite we establishments. We just basically live here. They put a cot in the corner, and they're like, this is for you. I mean, Fran did say he was thinking of naming the booth that we sit at. That's true. After it's, it's, uh, it's our booth, yeah. Yeah, there's it's already the a sign booth. on there. Uh, yeah. And everything. The I, you know, I sign. walked up and I saw that, and I was like, "Jay, did you really print this out and say I, reserve for us?" I may be, <laughs> I may have an ego, but I am not conceited. <laughs> as fuck. That's immediately what I thought. I was like, "Oh my god, Jay, really? That's unnecessary." Yeah, I came here at nine this morning, and I put that on, <laughs> <laughs> and then I drove back to West Midtown. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, guys, uh, we have Felipe uh, Cardenas and Larry Luke with. L-U-K. There's no E at the end. No, there's no, there's no e. e. But We it, just want to make sure everybody understands what, that. Yeah. Guys, welcome. I'm excited to have so you guys. Have you been names and last names. Yeah. I, I just really, really click quickly want to... Felipe, uh, you got one of the most amazing shirts I've ever seen in my life. It looks it's like a Picasso. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a discussion about this shirt earlier, and you said that you've only worn it twice, which right. makes me somewhat sad because it's probably the coolest shirt I've seen in a very long time. Do you want to describe what your shirt looks like, or? So, think tiki bar maybe. Yes, very much tiki but bar, but not yes. Caucasian but, but tiki yes. bar. Yeah, yeah, no, like a refined tiki it's bar. Not we're, we're into the. It's pretty. It's I don't know. It's like contemporary like, hipster yeah, tiki bar for sure barbecue shirt. Exactly. So, so like I said, yeah, the first That's time only a barbecue I, shirt. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that was the first time I wore it Fourth of July, and it was a hit. It's and a hit so now, man. So I figured man. since I'm joining the pod. Today I'm like I, I gotta dress you gotta, up. You got it. You got it. Yeah, I've have to look the part. Yeah, think everything Margaritaville isn't. Yes, <laughs> yes it's classy and refined, and it makes you want to be on the beach. I well, yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess if you think of it like that. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's an amazing Felipe, shirt. Felipe is bringing the beach. Yes. <laughs> um, guys, and then and then Larry's wearing this amazing jersey also. Well, you're just yeah. Of course you like that because you own one. I don't own oh, that you have one. This one. No, 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 no. I've got the new one. I, I wasn't a big fan of the All Star oh, right. denim one. Yeah, so he's wearing an All Star yeah. jersey. Why do they call it denim? I think this was to mimic like one of the '90s yeah. oh, USA All Star yeah. jerseys. Gotcha. This is the one. It's not actually denim. MLS went retro for the past two jerseys that they had, and yeah. and one was more of like a denim, like you are wearing, and then one was more of like a stark white. So I'm sort of graphic. I'm all for the jersey and everything, but I'm just very self conscious with the Target logo on my chest. I just don't totally. want to be walking <laughs> around totally like someone's going to yeah. shoot an arrow in me. I just not my thing, you know. Like and put you down were the, the weapons, sir. Not, like, not a Target. 
<laughs> I need to take this beacon off of my arm because uh, somebody's going to track me after yeah. the All-Star game. Until they get a new sponsor, I'm just not going to uh, Yeah, how partake. long has Target signed on to be the MLS All-Star well, game Well, I mean, Fanatics is three-year contract to produce all of this shitty merchandise, so I don't know how oh, long man. Target signed for. Now, but, but shirt sponsors are typically a one- or two-year deal, I think. Yeah. yeah. This, makes me, this makes me interested, though. If, if it wasn't Target, who would be the best sponsor? Coca-Cola. Bring Coke, yeah. Really? It has to be Both. Coke. It was immediately Coke. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, their logo Maybe looks Delta. great. Maybe. Yeah, that yeah. or unrelegated would be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Chicago is actually up. Uh, they're having struggling to find uh, a new shirt sponsor. Uh, really? Came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear now, that. Now I suggested uh, a company that's sort of an umbrella company that has uh, owns like Victoria's Secret and a bunch of other brands. And uh, I'd be I great if it, they had Victoria's Secret on their jersey. Well, I, I would. <laughs> love I thought this that. would be fitting for Chicago Fire. It's called L Brands. <laughs> with a capital L. Wow. <laughs> I thought that looked fitting right in front of their fucking yeah. jersey. <laughs> Maybe Spanx. They're, well, they're Spanx. taking L's Spanx on the field and off the That's field these days. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on, just own it. Oh, own wow. it. So, guys, we have a lot to talk about. There's we a do. lot that happened, even though it's been a bye week. Uh, how, by the way, how do you guys handle the bye week? Are, do you have the yeah, shakes? Yeah, how did that okay? go for you guys? Just starving for starving to go to a match. Yeah. 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 Or see one. Mm-hmm. I was out of town for the Toronto match, so I I was in Austin and I was oh, watching it on TV. You're on like a double. So week. it's been about three weeks since I've been to a home game. I can't see. It's deal. like we fell off a ledge because we had the All Star oh, game yeah. and then like yeah. two and a half days later we had the Toronto match and then there's this yeah, huge break. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You find yourself watching just like really random MLS games that yes. you didn't think you would watch, but then you're really into them. And I did catch the finish, uh, the Wayne Rooney assist, yeah. the tackle <laughs> and assist. Larry, I saw did the, you steal our line. notes? Because like that, that's the exactly first topic. where we're going. Let's talk about that. That is the very first topic because of course we want to talk about that what a goal guys so you you did watch it larry i saw it live did you watch oh what because i wasn't i wasn't watching anything else so oh, there you, no you weren't there either. you, you wasn't there no, 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 no. like i was oh, watching shit, it on larry. my phone on but your, okay. i saw it happen like, right right live know. yeah yeah, yeah. Did in you real watch, time did you watch the whole match play i did not know did you I, catch the replay? I caught the replay and then like i saw the goal and i was like wow what what did i miss yeah so exactly. you, you probably saw the Twitter buzz first yes. and the gifts and all yes. of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta I be honest. I yeah, it. I was I was with a good friend of mine and we were uh, playing like soccer in a warehouse and then we had stopped at one point and he pulled up Twitter and then like this thing had like blown up, and I was like, oh crap, okay, Wayne Rooney goal. And then I look at it and of course it's in, it's impeccable. And then we stop and rewatch it and I'm like, wait, what? Please tell me this is Orlando that they're playing against because I forgot that they play were playing against Orlando and it was and it made me laugh even harder now. That was the cherry. Was, I love how yeah, you just dropped your playing warehouse soccer. Like, yeah, what's I, I played warehouse soccer. <laughs> I lost so bad. Do you just uh, keep a soccer ball on bad. hand when you're doing things in the warehouse? No. I, so we were in the warehouse uh, painting some some like uh, background things for things. Okay. Background things for things. Uh, and there happened to be two goals there and a soccer ball. And we started playing pickup and I got schooled quite often. But, like, I did I did pretty well. I actually found out that I have more of a left foot than I have a right foot, which is weird. Yeah. Because I'm more of a, a right-footed person. Over here. You didn't try to recreate the Wayne Rooney goal? Uh, I, tr- I tried a, a few times. Goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it, went, it went way over. So this, this goal, right, we... It's interesting. Wayne Rooney comes in the league. I was very skeptical. Um, you know, I, I maybe I looked at him differently than say as Laton. They're different style of player. You watched him go to Everton, and as he 
sort of played deeper and deeper into the midfield. He just got worse and worse. And so I just imagined that this was going to be the progression. They're playing in super hot time of year in D.C. in an outdoor stadium. At least they have a new stadium to play in. But at the same time, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe he'll get, you know, a few goals. He'll start help create chances and stuff. But athletically, he's clearly not the player he used to be. He cannot no. – uh, run as much, and and that's what was so amazing <laughs> about much. this that's play. What this goal is all about like people. It was crazy because he hustled. Yeah. He, oh, you saw him after that. He's dead. Yes, I, I think what I took away is that yes, two point J. Wayne Rooney at one point was world class. Okay, Every, I think everyone we can agree at one point in his career is a world class player. What happened on that play was there's there was so much going on. I mean, their their goalkeeper went up for a corner kick. They're in desperation mode because they need points. So in a 2-2 game, they're going for the win at home. But Wayne Rooney just happened to be at that, you know, where he was positioned. He had to make that play. He had like to. He, it was him or, like, no one else was going to make it. So what well, was Will impressive Johnson to, wasn't making it at obviously all. Obviously, he was not <laughs> making it. What was impressive for me is that his sense of urgency in the moment. Like, he made the tackle. And then he sent a ball into the box. Uh, he pinged it into the box. It was, it was yeah, like well a 40, placed. 45 yards. It, so it was like yeah. he knew the clock was in his head. Yeah. That to me is what was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. The hustle, the play, like he had to make it because that's where he was yeah. in the moment. And that's where I think some of these players, the difference between like say a Gerard versus um, you know a Beckham or, or players that come here and be successful at MLS are I think ones that are in tune with their body. Yep. And also, they know what they can and can't give. They reserve energy when they need to. They have a high IQ. Mm-hmm. Yes. When I think high level of soccer IQ, Gerard never came up uh, for me as sort of a high level soccer IQ. But Wayne Rooney clearly has that uh, uh, that IQ. He just can stand there and ping passes around yeah. and see things yeah. and open up uh, lanes, you know, for for people without having to do much that much athletically. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, in this league. He can take he can take a the last place team NDC and make it worthy of possibly getting into the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to compete. They have a lot of games in hand yeah. right now. And a lot of home games. Lot of home yes, games. a lot of home games. But also I don't know if Wayne Rooney is going to be playing in all of those cuz they're so tightly strung together. Sure. Yeah, but you have to realize though even though if Wayne Rooney's not playing, he's still at least giving this this like team an energy and a mentality yeah. that they can win against all odds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is big brother. Yeah, I think that play cemented it for players that they hadn't s- sunk in yet, uh, right. that uh, he's not there to, to dick around no. uh, and collect a paycheck. He's no, there to and play. He, and he's not here. He didn't come here to score and goals that's not how and, he and leave the team in goals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Players don't just stop being who they are that Correct. made them successful like that. Like, it just doesn't switch off. You know? But the yeah. game does, as as everyone gets older that plays, I think the game does slow down. So that, to me, that's one of the things that I've noticed that he's doing differently for DC United. He plays a lot of one-two touch soccer mm-hmm. now. He he's not necessarily he's and he's pushed high. Yeah. So when he's in the box, he's not necessarily looking to score, but he's using his IQ. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's finding people. Like he's finding people that are running off off of him. And he's and got great players around him now with Ariola and Acosta and Emil Saad. I mean, he's got guys that once they get on the same page they click all cylinders i mean they could be very dangerous i mean when they came to atlanta there, he wayne rooney was doing some things like just facilitating right it was just amazing like yeah. you don't see that in mls and i don't even think he was fully match fit when he came no down he wasn't against us, you know but, you know we saw it with our own eyes there were a couple times i was like did you just see that like yeah. just one two like i think he sprung a couple fast breaks for them and that's the thing he could look yeah. dreadful for 85 percent of the game 
and then all it takes is one good ball. Yeah. <laughs> and he could yeah. totally one, change one perfectly, the game. One perfectly slotted pass. Especially just... if Will Johnson's involved. Uh, <laughs> Did you see after that play, my favorite part is they cut back to Wayne Rooney, and he's hands on his yeah. knees. He's like, what's he's like, he's like Thumbs up, and then he's like, oh, my. He's yeah. Like so yeah, a tired. lot of people <laughs> went back and rewatched that, and every time anybody watches, like, first off, it's amazing, but second off, Somebody please help Wayne Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> he is he is out for the count. So uh, leading up to that play, Acosta uh, tripped Pino clearly uh, yes. as the breakaway, but it really doesn't matter because uh, Will Johnson clearly had the breakaway, was uh, miles uh, away from that, and uh, would have gotten the had to pass. Uh, even if the ref did see it, even if the ref did see it, he would have gotten uh, the right away or you know uh, been play on uh, and and maybe uh, gotten a yellow afterward, but. Uh, so maybe if he took off his jersey and got the yellow, that he gets. I mean, it's a lot of what ifs. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's an amazing play. Uh, Will Johnson looked like an absolute clown because, as we knew, and I didn't know li- watching it live that the keeper was out. Right. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't catch that until the interview at the end of the game when Wayne Rooney was a little flustered that the keeper was out. Went up in two yeah. two. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? He didn't bro? understand that. I don't know if Ben Olsen gave the nod to the goalkeeper and then Wayne Rooney was Coach Rooney was like, No. No. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? And there's the difference yeah. between a player that at one point was world class like Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Right. And the, the Orlando player. Um, yeah. he he just wasn't he wasn't tuned in for that moment. Like yeah. he he did not know what to do when he had the ball an mm-hmm. open goal Teammate streaking. Open he, yeah. he goal. Thought, Sweep the leg, Will. Right. He, he, had, he had two great cho- to choices. He could have just uh, kicked the ball into midfield, and he had two or three players that would have eventually run yeah. onto it and beat the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper's not going to beat the no. couple guys that are breaking away. Right. Or just go for it and give it a, a lob and try to make it into the goal. And he chose the third choice, which is do nothing and get tackled by Wayne yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fall down and look like an idiot. Which is, but we know that's what Will Johnson does. It's very on brand. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. very on brand. It's on brand. It's the on brand angry Will Johnson face. I didn't even see his look uh, on him afterwards, but there was a photograph afterwards of the bench. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and they were all like, yeah, home alone. And it's almost like they knew it was going to happen because they'd had several games at that point where they were winning. And yeah. it was drawn or they lost at the last minute. Will Trapp scored that goal. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, the game before that, it was dr- uh, a draw. Like New England got a late goal or something. I, either way, these games, they're so psychologically worn down and beaten into them mm-hmm. that they are going – if there's a breakaway like that in the last minute, they just think it's going to go they against them. They get shut them. off, yeah. And it come did. to expect it. Yeah. And, but then it's priceless just to see that look of defeat in their face. And then uh, no wonder that we heard later that there was fighting and people getting each other's faces afterwards. I mean, they have to be right. completely just – Worn out at this point. I wish right I could have been a fly on the wall for that, <laughs> just to uh, see who was involved. Well, there are, there apparently were a bunch of flies in the wall because we keep hearing about it. Uh, so yeah, it'll yeah. Be yeah. Uh, to see what comes D- out. Nothing stays in DC. There's so many. No. There's so many MLS writers. Everybody's listening. And people up there <laughs> just are so plugged in. Like here down in here, Atlanta, everybody gives like the team spaces. So like, right. uh, I don't know what you call it, but. Um, it just seems so white glove, and everything's just so uh, in a box, right? Yeah. And and up in DC is totally, it's totally the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like Orlando, Mad Max. and then Orlando comes to town. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah. I mean, that's the most that's the most criticism I've ever seen, like from a stadium opening mm-hmm. from DC United when their stadium open because you have all these soccer riders that live in DC, so they yeah. all went to yeah. the, the game, yeah. and they're all just shitting on. Well, that wall's white, and the the <laughs> thing fell on the lady's head, and like all these things are happening. Yeah. It just it, even even if it was like a bad cold opening anywhere else, I don't think it would have been nearly as 
dramatic. Publicized, no. yeah. And publicized, or ri- or yeah. Written about. I mean, yeah. And then it flooded, right? Yeah, yeah. it did. It flooded. <laughs> Which was like a callback to RFK. Yeah. And think here in Atlanta, people are upset that the roof isn't opening yet. I mean, that. You know what? It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It opens now, but it doesn't need to open until September. You're right. You can keep You're that. Right. You can keep that sucker closed. Listen, Gressel was hot when it was open. You got to keep. That Everybody boy cool. was hot. Everyone was hot. I Everyone was so said post game. There was, was no way. I want to no. All I got here is Gressel like it's too hot. I'm like, no, it's too close hot. the roof. Gressel is hot. So guys, we had a fan. Uh, it was interesting. Twitter is hilarious to me, and it's interesting to watch all these new uh, MLS fans and Atlanta United fans and how they interact. Um, and there's these sort of these uh, the old tired banter, right? Like if a team uh, tweets something like they're doing well, and then but they're in uh, you know almost last place, and th- that's what this guy did. He basically DC United tweeted a, a fantastic video from the supporters section of the Costa goal, yeah, right? mm-hmm. a hat trick by the way. Yep. And he goes, "Well, uh, what place are you in?" And I was like, "Are you serious, dude?" Like. They just beat Orlando. Like, yeah. get on the same page with the rest of us, man. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you're, we're all for it. You're yeah. trolling the wrong team his at avatar, the wrong time. He's wearing an, a, a United jersey in yeah, his avatar. in his avatar. Like, and I'm like, his palm. name was Adam. And I was like, Adam, listen, get on the same page. Adam. Look at the hashtag, <laughs> ATOUTD. You'll clearly see that you're doing this wrong. All right? Like, get with it. And then they had uh, – but, but what is fun is when teams do on Twitter, they do more and more of this. They do these uh, live player questions. And Atlanta United has been doing a lot more of those. And, in fact, they put up a poll asking, like, what people would like to see more of those. But DC United did one with Acosta, took over the Twitter account. <laughs> so, so I took the picture they, they took of him in front of the computer at some intern or some social media person's desk. And I zoomed into the notepad, and it said, like, password Waza18 <laughs> next to him. And I'm like, that's how you, you know, come on, have some fun with this stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. do it with, like, a player's on, have a Smart good time. Banter. Yeah, DC United, it's social media like, team, uh, they what, laughed at it. It was good. It's fun. you on the table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, be more creative. Like, oh, what place are you in? Like, come on, man. <laughs> so we 90s. have to be more creative. We're going to be, if we're going to be number one, we got to be number one with our banter, guys. Yeah. Sure. we got to yeah. work on that stuff. I agree with you. Uh, but Orlando, eighth place now, 25 points behind Atlanta. We play them in a couple weeks, though, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost more entertaining for me to watch Orlando Twitter ruin itself. Yeah, we don't really have sip. to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You just, just sit back and sort of watch it. It's just it. getting so sad now. Though. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It really is. It's like People are like, I'm not renewing like, my season tickets anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't even feel like kicking that dead horse like it's yeah. just like you were in the past where when they lose the head is chopped off it. it's in the bed you've opened the bed sheets and you can see the head obviously laying yeah. there what's the phrase they say uh when uh uh i think it's in the same private ryan and uh some the flamethrower guy comes into a bunker that's been killing all their guys and he just like flamethrowers it and instead of shooting him he goes let him burn like just let him burn <laughs> like yes. they're gonna burn themselves yeah, down you know, uh, sure, we'll take some pot shots now and then, but I mean, I the mean, Will Johnson thing is Band of Brothers. Uh, was it Band of Brothers? Band of Brothers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is another favorite series of mine, awesome. too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're getting some uh, oh, instant rep- movie references in, which is usually Kelly's thing. But, I mean, Orlando, Orlando, when you think about it, they are our rivals. But if, when we want to talk about, like, who we actually see as our rivals, because there's always this discussion that's up in the air, right? So Orlando geographically our rivals right makes sense they're the close the closest outside of Nashville to us but is it can we bring up the debate and or the topic that Toronto is our true rival I brought this on the last pod 
and I tweeted out, got a mixed bag of results, but I didn't get as much pushback as I expected. I don't know if people just didn't read the tweet or or if people agreed. I didn't get a lot of interaction on it, but uh, in my opinion, after that match, after the third draw of two two, where and my I li- and I did a thread where I listed all of the different things that have happened: the Giovinco drinking out of the cup, the uh, red uh, Assad red card of the elbow in the first match, and right. then you've got the Joe's, uh, you've got the red card from um, um, uh, starts with an M, just lost his name, but uh, the most recent match. Oh, Mavinga. M- Mavinga, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then, the, you know, Josie's behavior, right? And then yeah. we saw Josie again, which, of course, I don't think this is – watch the last match uh, uh, where Toronto played. It wasn't, didn't seem reserved to us where, you know, Josie or there's that chippy behavior recently. But either way, to me, this feels like a rival. It feels like they keep stealing points from us. They do. When we are the ones that sort of steal points from Orlando. Right. You know, and it just feels like, okay, well, we, 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 can't, we can either win or draw – but with Orlando, it's like one of those things. It's like we're coming in, we're playing exceptionally well. We want to have a team that we can but go toe to toe with. What I'm saying is, like Orlando, NYCFC, people started to debate. Well, is it kind of rivalry? It still doesn't feel like one. It doesn't to me. feel like no. one. When I was up in NYC, people were not treating it like a rivalry, and right. that's what I look to as the other fans. How are they treating it? Right. And Toronto Twitter. Like came oh, at us like crazy. Nasty, right? yeah. They are. They went crazy after that match. Mm. So I, I just feel I met, it feels more contentious. Of, I yes. met some, I, and I discussed this last part. I met some of the Toronto fans after the game, and they they threw some comments out there that I completely ignored because I was like, I'm not going to get in an argument with you right now because you're wrong. Oh, that's new. You said how nice they were. <laughs> I mean, they were they were nice-ish. Oh my god! Um, well, you gotta tell me this shit. I'm sorry. Now it's changing just, my whole perspective. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, well, man. it was like it was like one didn't think that Mavinga deserved a red card, or oh, that, well, that, or that Joseph deserved yeah. uh, the penalty it's, kick at all. Especially and I'm like, if you're okay, watching guys, live, rewatch you know? it, yeah, and then let me know what you think. That's no big deal. Just, I thought they were actually like throwing shade or like no, match shade. No, I mean th- it's still in, in a basis of like niceness. There, there are no fans that equal to Orlando when it comes to pettiness. But um, but that's with everybody. It's not just us, though. Yeah, I mean, does, yeah. like that's not specific to us. Here's a question: Do Orlando fans view us as their rival? It seems a mi- like I see various degrees of right. where they, the arrogance level of like you don't deserve to be a rival. Like you're not. We haven't played you enough. Those sorts of things. Yeah. Right. I mean the the Orlando Atlanta rivalry. I don't want to say it was fabricated, but regionally that that's what made it. Our own front office helped yeah, fabricate it with the, the billboard. The and United, you know, they went and they, they put the billboard. And that's I, loved, that's I love Darren Eels, by so the way. Yeah, and that's Orlando's <laughs> complaint. Always poking that's, the bear. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. But the fans, and they're only half of the equation for a rivalry. So when I go back to Toronto, like I think there is a case for Toronto to be considered a rival because of what you mentioned, Jay, what, what happens on the on field. On the field. So it's one thing for the fans to be at each other's throats. Um, yes, that's important in a rivalry. Orlando seems more at their own throats when they play us right. than at our at our throats. And, and it's because Toronto they they're the defending champions. They they have a, they've done well in MLS. Like in no, the they carry a level year, of arrogance. That, but that's the arrogance that got them an MLS Cup. Right. The 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 draw at Toronto last year was a big result for Atlanta. At the time, Tata Martino said they are the best team in the league. Yeah, they're and the that benchmark. Was huge for this club. Atlanta United to get a, to get a result, and so I think that means a lot. Then coming into this last game, correct. in which in which basically was said, you know, Atlanta are the darlings, and mm-hmm. if they want a point or three points from us, they're going to have to take it. Right. 
And we'll play them at the end of the year again, but this time in Toronto, which is going to be, I think, a high-stakes game. Uh, I, think, I think the Sports Shield may be it's close at that point. Game. May still be close. We have a lot of big ones coming up. Yeah, yeah it's pretty tremendous. And we have a fun game later we're going to do where we'll kind of power through the Sports yeah. Shield stuff. Yeah, it'll uh, be interesting to see how that goes. <laughs> um, real quick, I want to talk about VAR. And the reason I want to talk about VAR is uh, I know Atlanta Twitter always wants to talk about VAR. Um, but uh, I really hadn't had many issues with it recently after the World Cup. We saw how well it could be done. Uh, things were kind of quiet after the World Cup. The MLS games seemed to go pretty smoothly. There were no issues, time delays, any kind of major problems with it. And then you had this weekend where it's like uh, every referee's brain fell out. Uh, we had the the DC game against Orlando where VAR was used f- like five times. Yeah. It was even used on that last goal. Yeah, it was. It was actually, the last goal. And, not, and not just the earpiece. He went and reviewed the damn yes. thing. Yes. And when we looked at the, we actually, uh, uh, Andrew Weeby tweeted out a photograph that he had of an angle that I'd never seen before where maybe Acosta was offside, but it was still not clear and obvious. Right. Even on that freeze frame, very close and almost in line with the line, not quite. And it makes you think, well, why is VAR being used in that scenario if it's not clear and obvious? Because it should be a quick check. If it's not clear and obvious, then you don't need to review it yeah and then you had in the next game the seattle dallas game you had a clear what to me is a clear mistake where Rui diaz did a backwards headbutt mm-hmm. uh yes. on ziegler and the ref it happened so fast i can understand where it could look the other way around and then um and then diaz just topples to the ground well, right ziegler like slapped him yeah, like well, yeah. Karate like, well he was kind like, of like what the word was weird, like, yeah he did our movements where he was like yeah. like i don't know what to do with you want to he's like right. i want to hit you but i can't so he just kind of like half halfway did it and uh and then there was a Honestly, delayed response the, the thing that come, that's coming to my mind is a fish slap a fish slap. yes i don't know what yes. a fish slap looks like but i imagine that it would look <laughs> someone like that it's just just like a quick... rubber band arms it was weird <laughs> and uh it looks like how like a nerd nerds would fight each other um <laughs> and then uh so ds Took a tumble to the ground, which wasn't the first one we saw in that game because no. Rudy did a, a Neymar roll earlier in the oh. game. And so the ref should have been prepared for this kind of behavior. It was going on all through the match. So he gave Ziegler the red card mm-hmm. and Didn't even no go. review. Yeah. Right. So no you have review. no review when there was clearly a headbutt on Rudy Diaz. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, VAR and MLS, like, remember the Confederations Cup in Russia before, like, last summer? Mm-hmm. So that's when they. Russia debuted VAR during that tournament, and it was a mess. Right. Yeah. There were, I mean, just howlers everywhere, and it was awful. We knew then that a month later, after the Confederations Cup, MLS was going to institute VAR, VAR, midseason, after the, the All-Star And game. that was, the, yeah. Right. And there was concern. That was like, the first concern, like, yes. why do it mid-season? There was but. concern because were the, were the referees going to be ready um, did they have proper training? Were the players ready? Were the fans ready? Right. Um, you know, Garber went to South by Southwest and, and talked th- about give yeah. us time, be patient. I think there's an arrogance that we hired Howard Webb. He'll fix everything. Right. And <laughs> like it is bullshit. Like he can't fix poor referee. Right. And it was a fiasco right away in MLS. Then the World Cup comes around and they get it together. Like yeah. VAR actually looked like, okay, like. Even someone like me that I, I'm still a no, a firm no on VAR. It right. was tolerable. It was tolerable. It was very tolerable. I was, I was like, okay, this is how it can help. But, but it's, it was done a lot differently than the way it's uh, infiltrated correct. here in MLS. Yeah. And, and I think it's a difference. Well, they have more resources. They have more resources. Yeah. And here's the thing. The referees at the World Cup are supposedly the top referees. My problem with VAR is that I, I really do feel that it undermines the referee. 
it's well, supposed yeah. to help them, and it's right. supposed to. I think it makes them feel insecure. It, it becomes yes. a crutch. And there were referees at the World Cup that yes, they would go review, but in the end, they made the decision. Right. Like they said, correct. You know, I'm going to make this stand. decision, stand my ground, and right. do it. And that's what referees need to do more of. And we're not seeing that in MLS, and it's. It's so inconsistent. Sometimes I see them go to the video replay and they still make the decision, okay, this is a red. Sometimes I see where they didn't call someone something. We saw that uh, uh, also this weekend where a uh, red car wasn't called. They just listen and take the video assistant referee's word for it mm-hmm. and hand out a red without reviewing it themselves. Right. And so, But you're technically owning that decision. And it's right. just very weird. It, it's very inconsistent to me. I am on the firm belief that we should not, we should just stop. That as much as watching the Premier League feels weird without VAR, and there's times right. where you're like, oh, my God, like that would easily be fixed by, mm-hmm. by clearly VAR. clearly offside. I right. think that until you can properly implement it, why do it? Because you're just making the players, the coaches. We've heard in interviews with Atlanta United players, right? Yeah. And the fans and the referees lose trust yes. in the system. That's you know, my biggest gripe as a big, fan. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I... I'm good to high five my seat neighbor yet. Yeah. Oh, I have yeah. to wait. Right? You see Joe After Patrick tweet about that constantly, yeah. and I'm in the boat with him. You know, I felt like the whole uh, uh, goal, Costa goal, was fucking ruined. Right. Yeah. By well, that, well, and then total wet and a lot of people online were like, "Well, it wasn't that bad." But then if you talk on, on Twitter, if you talk to uh, DC United fans that were in the supporters section, yeah, and they said it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Like it just zapped everything right. out of it. The whole pat, the energy, and that's at the end of the match. Imagine that happens in the middle of the match. It changes the energy of a game. Oh, yeah, the when, atmosphere. When it's happened to us a few times in Mercedes Benz Stadium, it's it totally sucks, sucks the energy out. And yeah. it's right. like, oh, they're playing flat now for the next fifteen minutes right. until they get. So, so real quick, we'll go around. If back. if uh, if Howard Webb, uh, if you were Howard Webb, would you um, would you stop VAR now? Would you keep? just doing it at this point uh if you did stop it would you try it again next year i mean i think howard webb is in it to for the long haul and obviously he's he has the support of a pro and 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 don garber he has work to do and i think they acknowledged that before the season started but um it would be nice to for them to approach it a, a little bit more with some humility and say yes we need this needs to get better i think they came in thinking that MLS was going to be this tech forward league that was just going to adopt it and own it and be a pioneer. And they're not yet. That's, that's okay. Just just take that and, and fix it for next year or reapproach it. But Felipe, Howard Webb doesn't have your shirt. Uh, <laughs> style. What, what would you do? Would you just stop it now? Or were, at this it, point, is it too late? I think it's too late. Yeah. I, I really do. I think it's it's the American way to to, to kind of we'll figure it uh, out. Figure it Just out and grind come through in it. And, it's and called and winging it, buddy. In. Yeah, oh, we're gonna swoop in and solve this like global that's how problem. I, that's and how I made it, it to college. Buddy. Just winging yeah. it. <laughs> they're they're gonna try to make this work. How about yeah. you, Larry? Um, I think they're just going to try to power through it and kind of avoid the criticism for the time being. I hope that there's some kind of like winter referees conference where they can get together and talk like a retreat out. in the mountains. Yeah, like, they need to like, they really to, need like, to come to Jesus moment. You know, all of them. It's like they need to look at tape and agree and disagree on what things are. You yeah, know, that's a foul. That's not. That's a card. That's var not. camp sounds like yeah. The yeah. They, they need camp. to have that. summer camp or winter camp. Or <laughs> they need to go yeah. to var camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go skiing together. 
<laughs> uh, well, my personal opinion is that I agree with the both of them. It's not going to because once it's already implemented, there's n- really not a way to go back. My only thing and my hope is that th- that I guess if there's a VAR camp or if there's a, a discussion at all, um, things have to become c- consistent. And that's the, the only thing that I really – it's my biggest issue with any VAR being called on the, on the pitch. You have certain refs that – seem to be better than others just because they tend to be a bit more consistent in the way that they call games. Um, but overall, between all of the refs that we have for the pro the pro referee league here in uh, MLS, it needs to be consistent. There needs to be a set rule that, like, one way is this way and then the, this way. Like it, it My just, problem it is the referees are not going to get better in, in overnight. And, mm-hmm. and until the fucking referee, refereeing situation gets better, I think VAR is is just a bad cocktail with that. So I think they should just suspend but it But you're for already now. drunk, though. You're I not going to stop right. drinking. I think I'm sorry. Should, I know, but I think you should suspend it. That's what I would do anyways if I was Howard Webb. I suspend it at this point. I would wait until we have the resources and the way to implement it correctly until we further erode the trust in the system even further that's, beyond what it is That's like today. saying I'm drunk and, and my friend's telling me not to go talk to that guy, but I'm already drunk, so it's just going to happen anyway. MLS doesn't have, to Jay's point, MLS doesn't have the equity to... To, to make such a huge gamble and blow it. That's right. the thing. They're, they're right. like 21 years old. Yeah, they're all and, in. Yeah. And, and, and it was a risk. They took a toxic product after the Confederations Cup and it ran with, with it. it. Without without having right. the, having the motions or, or the, the finite It's like telling Josie Altador to stop doing stupid shit. It's just That's, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Last question before we take a break. Uh, Tioto Football did a great article on Miguel Almarone. He broke down all the stats, and then I just I, this is what I do. Every time he comes out with an article, I DM him and I go, "Can you now break this down into ch- like, like I'm a five year old?" So basically, I slide into his DMs. Tioto Football for dummies. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand this part of the article. Can you explain it to me? Because I'm a dumb. And when I mean this part of the article, I mean starting from the very first sentence to the end. Listen, Thank you. I didn't Cliff do great notes. in math, but if we break it down, uh, I think he did uh, sort of boil it down well in and, and, and one paragraph. He, to put it in perspective, he said, if the season ended today, Almiron's underperformance as measured by goals minus expected goals would be the sixth worst mm-hmm. in MLS since 2011. The furthest the stat goes back. It would also put him in good company, though, with recent $40 million purchase Everton signing uh, Richarlison, who drastically underperformed his expected goals last season. So you could say that he's a better start, uh, that he better start scoring goals if he wants to make it to Europe. Um, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I mean, right. it's one of those things where, yes, he's underperforming. Clearly he's underperforming. We see him miss. It's even more frustrating, and like in a, I think, at an emotional level. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is a lot of times we find out our gut feeling, like about Joseph offside or this. It turns out that statistically, it's completely opposite. This is one of those things where it's pretty accurate. Like the way we feel is pretty accurate statistically about how he's been shooting and and, and his ability to score goals. Right, and I guess the comparison is last season where they were going in for him, and he was he was finishing on the run in the box from yeah, outside the I, box yeah. from yeah. distance. You know something that didn't make um, the interview when I when I sat down with Joseph and Miguel for the athletic. One thing that Miguel told me was, you know, he he always wants to score. Yeah. But he doesn't consider himself a goal scorer. Like he's not this finisher in the box, but he can. He knows he can. But it's more of this like desire to do it. When you look at someone like Joseph Martinez, it's 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 a job. Like his job is to finish. His job is to score. He knows how to get in positions. In position, he knows how to finish with both feet. He can finish yeah. with his head. So two totally different players. And 
there probably is pressure on Miguel Armiron. Like he, numbers and stats do uh, affect a transfer. So you know, teams oh, start to sure. look at oh, how, you know how, how oh, many this goals day and analytics, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so he probably knows that probably may, too much, a little bit. He might yeah. be in his own head right now. And, I mean, take and Lucy Lucy Rushton for example, our our own sort of stats girl at Atlanta United. I mean, a lot of what they they base their their transfers on are the stats that she comes right. up with. So it it is based on performance. Her and Joe Patrick in Football Manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Football Manager. Right. Yeah, but Miguel, you know. It, there's 10 games to go. Um, he can turn it around, but at this point, it's he should just play. He should just be himself and and have confidence, and and, and it'll come. Um, if, he, if maybe he is thinking that my numbers need to increase, my numbers look, need to look good for the transfer because he's very transparent. We he talked wants a little bit about that earlier yeah, uh, in the yeah. summer about maybe he's thinking about it a little too much. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and that's natural. He's a human being with with huge ambitions that he's never. You know, he's he's been open about those ambitions. Yeah. The club has been open about right. his ambition to go you, to Europe. You also have to consider that his teammate is the Golden Boot leader right now, so he's eating up all the goals. You know, and he might be deferring some opportunities so that Joseph can get goals too. It's a little different yeah, dynamic I mean, this season. Yeah, but I, I, w- I would agree with you on that point. But I also there are a lot of points and times in this season where Joseph has laid off a ball to Miguel, mm-hmm. and Miguel's had a an open opportunity to score one himself, and, and he finished, hasn't. Right? Yeah, yeah, statistically, right. he's he's hitting it at the goalkeeper or just missing the frame completely right. more than he was last season. So to wrap that up, uh, Tiro put a poll up. He said there are 10 games left for Atlanta United in this season. If Miguel Amaron takes 40 open play shots, 40, okay, from here on out, how many open play goals does he score? Does he score zero, one to two, three to four, or soccer stats are dumb? <laughs> he actually had a guy legit in the comments. I forget that there's comments in Dirty South Soccer articles, right. and like I scroll all the way down, and there's a guy that called his, uh, his article statistical sorcery. <laughs> yeah, first of all, I love Tioto. Great stuff all the time. Yeah. You learn every time you read his work. Um, and yes, numbers do matter in soccer, they especially really now. They do. So, yeah. I, think so what? I, th- I saw that tweet and I froze up. I could not answer and I scrolled past it. <laughs> I d- he pulled a Miguel Almer. He pulled yeah. a Miguel Almer. <laughs> yeah. He froze in the I box. Defer- I, d- I actually deferred didn't to see Jay. this tweet. So I, I probably actually go with the one to two. That's what I, I went for. Yeah. yeah. I'm not looking for him at this point. We have no. a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. I would be concerned if there was no production from Joseph or we weren't, and then we were then also I'd seeing be, him miss. I'd be worried if there wasn't any production as far as assists and, and, right. uh, or like hockey's assists from and Miguel. He's and then pretty that much on issue. par with last season in he, that regard. He's so. in double digits in yeah. assists. He's, yeah. he's in the top three in the league. And, yeah. yeah. And you're right. Um, his goals aren't. No one's clamoring for him to score. The, so the team is okay. Is this so. my question? Is should we start looking at Miguel, unlike we did last season, as a goal scoring uh, uh, person, as somebody that we can have as a goal scorer? Should we start looking at Miguel as we have, as we have now uh, attributed our mind to Nagby, somebody that can assist and and make plays and and make movements towards the box, but not necessarily as a goal? No, not for me because Miguel gets in the box. He yes. gets in, he gets uh, he gets. And he also has better opportunities uh, with the way that he cuts across to create space to take shots from distance. And he's good at typically historically good at that. Uh, maybe not as much this year. Um, but the the biggest problem for me is when he's been, you know, in one-on-one situations or he has wide open shots and, you know, he just, right. yeah, he just doesn't he's happen. He's not a secret anymore either. Yeah, I, I yeah mean, that's in, very in true. Atlanta yeah, yeah. United isn't either. And, and he, he becomes, 
you know, collateral damage when teams bunker because they're not giving him the space to run. Correct. Um, you know, when they were playing out of the back last season and teams were coming after them, they were leaving acres of space, uh, mm-hmm. allowing a guy like Milamiranda to run at them. Now Who teams is this are, guy? We don't know this guy. He can't do some, anything. He's like, skinny dude. He's not going to do anything. Well, and now, yet, now and they're yet, sitting st- back and, and, and yet, closing down. So. Even though he's an open secret, he's still the best player in the league. Which yeah, is, he there's is. No doubt. There's no doubt yeah. that he's, he's, he's a top player and, and he's fine. He's going to be yeah, fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, uh, go to uh, go to ad, talk some ATL Beer Bus, and then we'll be right back. I'm seeing red. Don't think you'll have to see my face again. Don't have much time for sympathy. Because it never happened to What up? You guys. You guys. Do you like beer? Uh, yes. Well, I know Kelly likes beer. <laughs> Do you like breweries? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, duh, right? Right, if right. If you like beer, you have to like breweries. I mean, it's, they, they go together. <laughs> well, they go to- we have an awesome, awesome promotion for you guys. The, the sickest promotion, guys. We have part- the sickest. We have partnered with the Atlanta Beer Bus. Atlanta Beer Bus. Atlanta's only hop-on, hop-off brewery shuttle service. The only one. There is literally no other shuttle. I mean, there might be a, uh, a guy, like an Uber driver, that say he could drive you places. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know if you want to get in that car. <laughs> gets kind of expensive. <laughs> it does. It could smell I mean, like cigarettes. You, you don't know. Yeah, yeah no, but when you when you really consider it, you're, you're, you're riding between seven breweries, one cidery, a distillery, and even a Marta station. For only fifteen dollars, if you try to do that with an Uber or a Lyft, I mean, you're paying almost a hundred dollars. Yeah, for the and day. it's not advisable to try and do it yourself because if you are by yourself, that means you're drinking. Yeah, you don't want to be drinking and driving. If you're no. with a friend, you don't want to put that friend in the spot. Yeah, don't draw, do that. You don't want to draw straws and figure out. Okay, well now who only gets to to not drink at the rest of the breweries? Obviously, Doug. Right. Doug has to. J- Doug's always. Yeah, DD. Doug and, and Ben. Screw that Ben, ben guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, come on, guys, avoid the expensive uh, uh, Uber and Lyft rides. Avoid, yeah. you know. Driving having, or and, having to find the places on a map with or like ways. Yeah, and you know, take all the work out of it. That. Take all the work out of it. You could basically sit in the bus and just tweet the entire time. Yeah, get on the bus or post selfies. Like Kelly said, yeah, they go to seven breweries, seven one breweries. cidery and a distillery, and even a Marta station for only fifteen dollars a day. Guys. Not only that, but you also get to hang out on the bus with the beer nerds. Like they have guys on the bus telling you. All you want to know about every brewery you're about to go to, the beers that they're serving, and even new things that we've got coming out. I mean, who doesn't want to know that? Sit back, relax, enjoy whatever music the driver puts on. Maybe you'll learn some new songs. Yeah. Okay? Get to know a beer nerd. Despacito. Get all the knowledge ahead of time before you get to the brewery so you don't have to worry about it. You can just, just get off the drinking. bus. Start drinking. That's what this whole thing is You don't have for. to get off the bus like some of these other tours and have to deal with some guy giving you the tour and the rundown. You already know. You just get the highlights. You get to know what's new. Maybe you've been to some of these breweries before. Yeah. You could just... 
Don't worry like, about it's it. It's like a fast pass. Absolutely. For like, for like all those amusement parks. So why is this a big deal? Why is this a big deal, guys? Because unrelegated listeners like you yeah. get $5 off daily $5 passes. $5 off. Dude, with, that's Yeah. That's one third the price. That's a third of the price. And all you have to do is use our promo code UNREL. That's U-N-R-E-L. UNREL. You got it. UNREL. I mean, yes. it's easy to spell. And yeah. it rhymes. Yeah, and it rhymes. <laughs> and the offer is good for Fridays or Sundays only. And there's, you know, a limit one per person. That's, I mean, that's standard. I mean, guys, it's only weekend. $15 a piece. Yeah. So you're taking $5 off of that. You yeah. know, sure, you can't you, you can't go on a on a Friday and then use it on that same Sunday. Yeah. That's but you can't cool. combine it with other offers, but that's typical. You should be getting all the breweries yeah. in on that one day anyways. Yeah. So it shouldn't matter. So You're pound it for one day. <laughs> Straight pounding. So let's recap it. No Uber, no Lyft rides. It's only fifteen dollars per day. Beer but, nerds. But if you use the code Unrel, yeah. it's only ten bucks. Only ten dollars, guys. That's insane. So that is insane. Go to the website, pick a Friday or a Sunday, use the code, get your discount. Yeah. It's Atlanta Beer Bus, guys. ATL Beer Bus. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at, at ATL Beer Bus. And you can find it at AtlantaBeerbus.com for more information, guys. Atlanta Beer Bus. Create your own beer adventure what are you waiting for go do it revolving door been here before your bed sheets are never clean no control i need it more you're bringing me to my knees hard to breathe but you can see trying but you're not there yet pour me a glass of regret a drink that rhymes with Welcome back. Um, yeah, so we want to take a little time, get to know uh, one of our guests. Um, first, we're going to start with you, Felipe. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming. Of course, yes. thanks, thanks for, for breaking down for, the first segment's and news and wearing that wonderful shirt of yours. You're gonna have to. I, I try to I'm not getting off the shirt. I am not. You're gonna have to. I'm not jumping off that train. It's I, not happening. I, you have to it find out where happening. you can buy it. And you can wear it. I will. I will. <laughs> I actually. There really is. Liked. There is footage, right? There's someone we. Took we a took photos. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, totally relegated Twitter. Did you yeah. not buy the shirt yourself? Did somebody give that shirt to you? I bought this shirt myself. Okay, we I need did. to talk to s- discuss where you got that shirt because I really want to know. It's not that impressive. It's no. Okay. Should I reveal or no? Target clearance, right? <laughs> right. No, it's, it's Gap. It's Gap. It's, it's Gap. gap. Yeah. That's Gap. Gap delivers sometimes. Wow. I haven't been in a Gap in a very long time. That's shocking. Okay. All right. Surprise. Now I need to go to Gap. So Felipe, you recently came out with an article in the Athletic. But first, before I get to that, I want to talk about you and kind of learn about your background and and how um, how this sort of connection with the Athletic started, uh, who the Athletic are, and uh, and go from there. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I grew up playing soccer my whole life. Um, I grew up in northern Indiana, um, born in Columbia. But my parents lived in, moved to Indiana when I was maybe a year old, so I grew up there. I played club all the way up to U19, um, and I played in college in California. 
And in the summers, I had a couple stints with Indiana's PDL team. So that was like my my highlight. And it was yeah. that was very popular. Did you get food vouchers? <laughs> no, no, we didn't. We didn't travel that far for that. Um, but that's what a lot of the college players would do in the off season. They would get together and right. and, and play PDL. Um, and so, yes, uh, soccer has been part of my life. It's my passion. It always will be. You know, I said one time that it was my first love, and and we're still together. So, uh, and then as a career, I'm a writer. Uh, I've worked in corporate communications, public relations. Uh, I've been in advertising for over 10 years. So I've always been in a creative field writing. Right. Um, right. But writing about soccer has just been what I do on the side. It was a passion project. So last year I started a blog called The Near Post Run. I started writing just global soccer uh, points of view and, and really covering everything from tactics to leagues around the world. Uh, and then that allowed me to really connect with the soccer community in Atlanta. So once I figured out who the, the players were, who the writers were, who the blogs were, uh, I connected with the guys at Dirty South Soccer. Right. And uh, Rob Bossery read my blog and he just said, hey, anytime you want to write about the Atlanta King United, the, the King, King. right? That's, <laughs> he, he is, he's a capo. He's the man behind the iron <laughs> He's a capo. Twitter? He, he was very polite, very nice and said, hey, anytime you want to write uh, about Atlanta United, let me know. And that's how it was. I, I wrote a few articles for them. It was lots of fun and, and just getting to know those guys. Uh, and and that that's what Paul Tenorio, um, national soccer writer for The Athletic, right. when they were looking for um, a writer here in Atlanta, he read my blog, read my stuff. And I was checking the boxes because, A, I was enthusiastic about the sport. Uh, yep. I, I had already written about the team. Uh, but for what was really important for Paul and, and George Karashi, uh, you know, at the Athletic was being able to connect with the players, the culture of the club in this moment um, in, in their history. So, which is Polish, right? Uh, of no. course, <laughs> <laughs> I speak fluent Polish and Ukrainian. It's, yeah, um, Larry is Polish, right? Yeah, so, exactly. That's where Luke, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I, I tell them all the time. I owe a lot to Paul Tenorio and George Karashi for taking the risk because they they didn't know me they just they they saw my work and and they knew that i could you know speak to the players and speak to the coaching staff in their native language and and we went from there and we really just ran with it and it's an, been an amazing experience i owe a lot to them but really the instant credibility that the athletic gives its writers um has allowed me to to connect with the players to get in and understand what they do outside of the daily reporting that that we're very privileged to have here in Atlanta. I think mm -hmm. we we're talking about that before we got we started recording. Is that there's so much content right now, and I think what the athletic wants to do is, and, and the readers have probably noticed, like we're not posting daily, uh, and that's something that George Karashi told me very early on. You know, we we want the writers to be able to work the stories, find the features, get in depth, and and, and then post something of of quality. Uh, so at the same time, when they launched, uh, he said it, and when they recently launched the Premier League coverage, he said it again, be patient with us. You know, we're growing quickly um, and we're going to start to get in a rhythm. Well, so, as I learned, he actually does that because he likes to take breaks between editing so you can watch Instagram videos of people cra waves crashing <laughs> into people. Yes. Yeah. He likes yeah, to watch people out. getting hurt. And and getting yeah. wiping, <laughs> I love out. those videos. Pointing and laughing. Yeah. Uh, like he literally had to stop a party, pause it, put it up on the TV and, and start like going through videos. <laughs> right. It was hilarious. <laughs> right. But I think, I think um, uh, another common thing that's interesting is a lot of the writers have actually played 
Yeah. That's true. I don't know. That may be just a coincidence. I'm not sure. Possibly. But, um, but yes, for instance, I Paul, mean, I Paul saw played. <laughs> you saw Paul play. Northwestern. Play. He, yeah. he played you know, D1. And, yeah. and, and, and he also played. He grew up playing mm-hmm. club as well at a high level. George played. Obviously, George's dad played, played with Bobby professionally. <laughs> her, yes. her new yeah. Bobby Hosmer. George's with him. dad yeah. played against Pele you know, yeah. in the 70s. So he comes from that His dad's lineage. a character. His yeah. dad's a very cool he guy. Thought, so. His dad thought I was smoking a real cigarette in the apartment in the bed. Airbnb, George's yeah. Airbnb instead of a, um, a, a vape pen. Yeah, and he says, "I don't, I don't want, I don't mean to be a dick, but <laughs> <laughs> George was like, did you just say you don't, <laughs> you don't want to be a dick?' <laughs> it was the best moment ever. He's, he did no idea that it was a real cigarette. Like he, was, he felt so bad. <laughs> like, Great oh, guy. Oh. Like oh, it was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> but to your point, yes, there's there's a lot of knowledge at the athletic. That's why it's it's an honor to be part of the team. Uh, a lot of the writers I'm fans of, for instance, like Paolo Baldini and Graham Hunter. These are guys that cover European leagues around the world that I've followed, and now they're colleagues. So uh, the standard was set r- really early, and 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 yes, there are most of the writers just really understand the sport at a real, very deep level. So it allows mm-hmm. us to get in and ask the questions that maybe not everyone else is asking. Yeah. What, what I find most interesting about your work um, on The Athletic, um, and I am starting to read sort of other people, I just like, because I just started subscribing. And by the way, it's fully worth the subscription because it's you get so much content. It's stupid. You get everything. You get soccer, obviously, but yeah. you get every sport everything. that's covered across North America. Everything. And, and you, you have you have new writers daily that are that are joining right. your, your team. But what I find most interesting is it feels like every time I read you your pieces or anybody else's, it feels like a conversation that you're having with me and that you're not speaking at me. You're not just giving me here are the facts. This is what's going on. This is sort of the tone of the thing, and this is what it is. It's it's like a you're you're like, hey, sit down. Let's talk about what's going on, and let's talk about this in a way where it's not only entertaining to you, but it's also uh, growing your depth of the sport. It's growing your depth of the the people that we're discussing. It's growing your depth about just the the the, the way that things like this should be covered. I mean, honestly, I, I'd rather read a piece that makes me think makes me think than a piece that just tells me that makes you think or that gives tells you something you didn't know before right. about a certain player for instance um I'll, I'll give the players a lot of the credit because they're the ones that are driving the narrative i, I sit down with them and and they open up and, and they want to talk uh and so it's great to see that and then i'm just there like you just said i'm having a conversation with them and then i try to present the piece as something that i would read and i think what's great about what we're learning from our readers at The Athletic is you get a lot of people are commenting and people comment, you know, something like great article or I would love to see more of this. But one of the pieces that I did early was on Tata Martino's just his his style of play, the the, the vertical play, the direct play, the pressing and and really got a point of that view. That was from, my favorite article so far. OK, yeah. good. Yeah, it, it was great because the players were very open about it. Tata Martino's very open about it. It's and I saw a comment that where someone said this was I've never seen a team that just tells everyone what we're going to do, no matter who, where we play or who the opponent is. Another comment that I love from that article, someone that says, some, someone that said, I'm just learning this sport, and this article was helpful. So you don't have to be an expert to read 
the content and enjoy it on the athletic. It, it, I don't think you have to be an expert in general to be part of the sport. And so yeah. that's, that's been great too. I love to see that, you know, people giving their feedback and, and really wanting to, to read more and learn. I just look forward to the uh, next article on Julian Gressel and learning about how well, our friendship came you, to blossom. Yeah. Well, the, you had the, you was this week, correct? You had the Kratz article that came out. So yes, the, the Kratz article came out after his start against Toronto. So it was the second start of the season. And it was, was that a big by chance? start. Was, Were you already working this? or did I this worked earlier. Um, yeah. And, okay. and we, when he had his moment, really, yeah. uh, against... Him, him and Rometty. Right. Yeah. So, but remember on April 28th, which I remember vividly because that was my birthday, Kratz had the two free kicks yes. uh, oh, against Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that that's when the the idea started and, and, and the story you know really took off uh, th- then I had the opportunity to sit with him and and if you notice in the story yes we talk about his technique but we went into his history as as an academy player at Bayer Leverkusen and he was a ball boy during the you know the Champions League and, and, and how he became a professional so yes the timing was good because he started that game against Toronto, and he er, and he played really well. You he know, did. he, he it, it showed the type of player that he is. When I talk to him, he is very cerebral. He's very smart, and he loves to talk about the sport. Uh, some of the players are a little bit more guarded and, and reserved. Uh, Kevin Kratz is not like that. He 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 loves this game, and he wants to talk about it at a high level. Yeah, he, I feel like when I was reading your article, article, it almost felt like I was sitting there with him, and he was just sort of technically telling me like everything that he goes through to prepare and like yes. what he does. And I want to say that one of the, and this isn't going necessarily into the te- technicality of what Kevin Kratz was saying, but um, the very end of the article, uh, I pulled out a quote because it's like, actually I really like the quote that he was talking about. But um, uh, Kratz said at the end of sort of like a, a, a two, two sentence quote, he said, it's an, um, him coming on the game. It's, it's a opportunity to change the game. That's how I see it every time I walk up to a free kick. That he walks into the game or coming onto the game or anytime he takes a free kick as the opportunity to change the direction of the game and the way it's going. And I think that's always a really interesting thing for me to read. And after he said that, right before he said, yes, I guess I have accomplished something. It's not, it's not easy for a player that is considered a role player, isn't a starter, to make such a, an impact in the league and on, on a team that's winning. And something he said is that, you know, he, he, he wants to deliver for the fans. You know, he knows that when he's in front of stepping to a direct free kick that everyone in the stadium is can expecting say, him to I score. Say, I was, I was in the, uh, I was in a, a suite with MLS, uh, leading up to all of the all-star festivities when we were playing SKC and we had the two Kratz free kicks that were obviously blocked. The energy of the crowd when when we all knew Kevin Kratz was taking a free kick completely changed, like our feeling because we were already so bogged down by that game. We were already so almost at a loss because of everything that happened prior to when Kevin Kratz came on. But when he stepped up for a free kick, you could feel the energy of the stadium like erupt because you knew that it's Kevin Kratz. Like right. he delivers. He does, and he wants to, and he, and, you know, he said, yes, this is something that he has practiced. He's polished his technique. It's very deliberate. It's, it's, it's not something that he, he never wings it. He stays after, he, and he trains, and he, he takes free kicks. So uh, expect more, and you know, I think he will continue to have an important role in the team down the stretch, especially if, if injuries you know, remain a concern. Uh, he will be on the field, and and it might not be in the traditional you know 85th minute appearance, 
Uh, he obviously showed that he can play with, with Eric Rometty uh, and, and do more than just distribute. Uh, they were able to control a match uh, against they a They were very able to control Michael, Michael Bradley. Yes. That's uh, insane. And they, 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 they fed off each other, and, and they really did. The, they, they delivered on the game plan uh, very well. And Tata knows that he's a player that he can, that he can depend on. So very quickly, I uh, want to get into a few things that we talk with all of our guests about. Um, and then uh, we'll actually, we'll, well, I think we'll wait. We'll bring in uh, Larry, and then we'll talk about those things. But the last thing I wanted to talk about, when you're thinking about a story, when you're thinking about ideas, uh, what's sort of the process that you go through? Because it is very different, as you talked about, to be given this uh, sort of patience, whereas prior you know when you're out there writing for uh, blogs or things like that it's a uh, it's an uptick tempo it's like you're mm-hmm. constantly putting content out how is how is have you sort of adapted to that and and you know what's your thought process i think the 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 good thing about having a career in advertising for instance is that ideas are always about the pitch and so working f- for a publication like the athletic if I have a story idea, I have to pitch it. I have to pitch it to George. I have to pitch it to, to Brooks Peck. Uh, and, and they have to believe in the story. And, and, and there, it has to be relevant for, for the audience and, and, and all that. So I, I have a, a working list of stories that I update. Uh, sometimes I cross them out. And there are times where I'll, I'll reach out to Paul Tenorio, who, who just has so much experience in this league. And, 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 and sometimes it's, has this been said before? Has this been covered? Uh, but I try to align my stories with what's happening currently. Uh, that doesn't always happen. That's somewhat of a luxury. But at the same time, I think there are just stories that haven't been told yet. And that's what's great about covering this team that's still so young is that it's year two. So there are still stories, so many stories that have to be told from so many different players throughout the organization. Uh, so you're really just fishing for those personalities. And, and, and because I have access now and you're, you're at the game and you're, you're in the locker room, you start to see you know, who's open, who's not. Uh, maybe an introvert, that, that could be intriguing. Or you look at their background, someone like Jeff Lenowitz, who's from Philadelphia, like that's a story. Uh, so obviously the South American players come from a different culture uh, just not just you know from where they're born and where they grew up, but just soccer in general. And 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 what has that been like? How are they adapting here in MLS? So uh, the process it is a creative process, and and you pitch a story, you work it, uh, and and what I tend to do is once I've done the interview, uh, that's when the real work begins. You do an interview and you and you leave and you're kind of on a high. You're like that was a great interview. Oh my gosh, I have so much material. And then you're like. <laughs> oh my gosh! I have so much material. There's so much material. Oh gosh! And so, so I, I'm still in that process of like, what is the best way to do that? Uh, you know, do you tr- transcribe the, the the interview and and obviously you let the narrative take you to a place where you, you may have had the pitch and it changes once you start the interview. So always being yeah. open and flexible. On any given day, like how many seeds of a pitch do you have working? Like how many like thoughts are on your desktop currently i can tell you that there's i think in my my i green light ideas and right now there are seven i know i know that there are seven stories that have potential i haven't pitched all of them um but they are there they're there that that, that i feel good about and and and, and i'm I, i'm not in a rush to get them out um 
but I'm looking forward to getting those out. What I will tell everyone that's listening is that, yes, the Kratz piece, that was one of my favorites because I just, you know, what getting the opportunity to, to hear a player go through anything that's like really about technique was great. Um, but there are two stories that I'm working on that I think everyone will will love because they're about two of the players that I think people really adore in this city. And I'll leave it at that. You mean Lassad? <laughs> Brad Unfortunately. Gusan. Well, well, our, our, we're we're on a, a, a suspension of, of waiting, obviously, and yeah, I, I'll I am look too. Forward to like, those. I look forward to getting those out all the time because I I, I love the response of of, of you know the, the city. It's it's great to be in the city and and seeing people appreciate work and and appreciate a, a different perspective on a team that we. We, we all respect and we, we have such high expectations we're, for. So We're at a great point where there's a hunger for knowledge. Correct. Yeah. Speaking for a hunger for knowledge, and this is why this is uh, we really enjoy doing this podcast, is we can bring people together uh, that are creative in different ways. And we have a, a listener on uh, with us that has been, uh, obviously, we introduced earlier. And he has actually brought gifts no, not uh, only a listener, but an incredibly amazing graphic designer. And that's, yeah. So oh, I was getting at, he, gave, he uh, brought us gifts of one of his early designs for like a peach. Yes, um, a couple of years ago yeah. I was into this, I guess you call it like low poly illustration. So it's like uh-huh. low, uh, polygons. Um, and I drew this peach thing and I think it's relevant for us all because we're so relevant. peach right now. Yeah. I mean, oh. it's a great giant paperweight for Kelly's laptop. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I am, I am keeping it safe. Just keeping, <laughs> keeping it, it flat. Okay. Keeping it flat smart. and I'm keeping it safe because if somebody's going to st- steal something, they're going to steal I've never seen laptop. a laptop closer, no. so I wasn't sure what you were doing. I, but I did figure, <laughs> since Jason Longshore convinced me to hit you guys up at the last minute last night about jumping on this podcast. It was perfect timing. Was perfect I figured timing. I should bring gifts if I was crashing the pod. <laughs> well, <laughs> gifts are not necessary, but they are necessary. So, uh, <laughs> so thank you. Um, <laughs> Felipe bought, uh, bought apps, by the way. Full, di- full, full disclosure. Uh, yes. Hummus Thanks, and, and that other was my contribution. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Larry? Um, you are obviously into graphic design. What's your background? What has drawn you into the Atlanta United fandom? You're wearing an all-star jersey from last sure. year. No. Al Marone. Al Marone, 26. Yeah. Big, 26. Big MLS right. guy. So um, uh, let the people know. Yeah, so I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I moved to Atlanta in 99. Uh, fell in love with the city ever since. Um, so I've just been finding ways to express myself creatively um, with a lot of side projects here and there. Um, Worked on the agency side for a long time. Now I work in-house for a travel content tech company called Localer. It stands for uh, Connoisseur of Local. So we source uh, local recommendations from people that live in their cities. So they can't rec for a city they visited. They have to write recs for their own town. Um, And I I just make sure that anything you see that comes from our company looks good. Mm -hmm. Um, And our company's based in Austin, which is really great because that means I get to work from home or work from Atlanta or work from anywhere I want. Right. Do they keep it weird? We keep it super <laughs> weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's we amazing. Do. Yes. But um, it's just allowed for a great, um, you know, day-to-day lifestyle for me. I can do my job. I fully tapped into Atlanta sports. I'm a really huge Hawks fan. I run an Instagram account called Hawks Bros. Oh, wow. I had no um, idea. We go to all the Hawks games. Um, 
there's not a lot of us right now, but you know that 60 win season we had, um, everyone was on the Hawks train. <laughs> That's true. So um, that'll be they'll be back one day. But you know, Atlanta United has really um, captured the culture of the, or captured the attention of the whole city. So we're all locked in. Um, and uh, the reason why I'm on the pod, yes, tell is, us, um, because Jason Longshore reached out to me and he told me he was a fan of my work and he asked me to submit a logo for the soccer in the streets station soccer fields Mm -hmm. that they'll be installing at marta stations all around the city i think there's one right now on at uh, five points at five point station and then there's gonna be another one at west end soon okay yeah and then i think the plan is to have about 10 before the end of next year yeah and 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 i think it's a really cool idea and just to be able to connect our community through soccer I mean, just to have the act, you know, you don't have to have that much access to an automobile anymore. You can just go play. You can hop on a train right. and go play pickup games. Have you um, had the chance to, to either see or play at uh, the I have not played, soccer? but I've seen, I've seen yeah. the, the one that's currently up. I mean, yeah. it's just a cool concept. And this opportunity to have designed something that will not only live in the 10 soccer stations that are in Atlanta, but to set a precedence for if another city wants to have a soccer station, right. they, they will probably the see yes. this model and Correct. see the mark that I touched and and maybe maybe just use the logo too do you or wanna, derive one. Do you want to uh, comment or d- discuss how you came up with the idea of the logo? Because I think it's, out of all the logos, I think it's a really kind of cool-looking logo and it yeah, uses sure. the changes as well. So basically, it's, it's a design contest, which I tend to shy away from because... I do this for a living. I don't really have time to submit free art, but um, the I, the calling was too great for me to not do something like this, and especially because Jason Longshore. Yeah, and know, it's a great organization. Yeah. Soccer yeah. in the streets. Yeah. Right? Soccer yeah. in the streets is incredible. So it's a contest. It's on Instagram. All the logos that were submitted are currently on the Soccer Streets Instagram account, and uh, one like is a vote. Right. Um, so go vote for my logo, and my logos idea is ba- really simple when you think of it I, I just i think a logo should make you smile and it should just be a little wink of some sort and basically i wanted to bring the idea of accessibility and transportation together and put a pitch in the middle of it and so that's what it is it's a pitch in the middle of us um a rails basically yeah you can tell larry is 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 very experienced and a career designer because not yes. only did he design something that's very polished and, and, and high end but then he put it in different yeah, channels formats, and, so you can and, see yeah, how it in yeah, different environments with the environment yeah. it was very to, well presented when you go to soccer streets uh, you'll see that his logo I think is the only one with color uh, that's got a lot of green in it and no, Angie, Angie Como's has got color oh Angie yeah, submitted as well has the Marta colors oh okay that's yeah. right that was another dope one yeah, um, cool. and then uh, but you can swipe and see Correct. several different uh, sort of how it would look at the station or, or, or in different places. I gotta say the 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 one that you have that's with the green and it's just all of the S's yeah, together. The pattern. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that that's one too. That's just like a sec- secondary pattern that can be used elsewhere. You know, yeah. like just on walls or whatever, like in tunnel leading through to the pitch. You can have that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that just comes from my agency background. It's like you can't just hand a logo over. No. You really have to show how it's gonna live in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, Felipe is probably very familiar with these <laughs> co- kinds of comps. That's what I said. As soon as I saw yeah. that, I'm like, come on, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy. So, you know, obviously <laughs> the, the contest runs until I think the 25th of August, so you have time, but please go vote. Um, go give whichever your favorite logo is a like. 
um, and follow um, Soccer in the Streets on Instagram. I know that they're really trying they do to so much good work. build their follow followers up. So um, I promised Tess I would mention that. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Checkbox. No, you should. <laughs> absolutely should. And I, I mean, also, if you get the chance to, uh, there's... There's obviously free pickups every day of the week. And yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to do uh, pick up a game tomorrow. You're doing another one. Okay. I did it, I did it last week, but I ended up uh, getting out of work too late so that when I got there, they were all done. And I was like, okay, well, then we'll it's go get drinks. It's great for you. You're on the... Um, I'm right off the... Off the uh, Marta. Yeah, I'm right at the East Point Station. It's a little tricky for me, but yeah. um, uh, West, I will... Or West Midtown yeah, boys. Yeah, I will make it us. out eventually. Obviously, Kelly and I have talked in previous pods. Uh, I've talked with Felipe about station soccer and once you've actually played there it's just it's, it's a game changer it's a game changer for especially kevin at home before dark has just fallen in love with it yeah and he has been putting together uh pickups for sort of the home before dark followers and uh and and anybody who's interested yeah. on wednesdays um so at, it actually at what time it's it's at five it starts at five thirty. um but and it, it can go later it can it can go to about seven before like the yeah. rec league starts yeah um, but it's what I find the most interesting to it right now is that it's a lot of like, so last week it was Sempre and Home Before Dark and us mm-hmm. and yep. a few other people and we just had a good time and then we got drinks afterwards. It's a that's community what it's about. thing. That's how, that's, that's how, it that is how you should be playing the sport. Yeah. And I think it may sound bold, but those types of projects that will elevate the sport in this country Listen, down the road. If this fat guy can go and play <laughs> with Bobby Warshaw and Paul Snorio and George Karashi I mean, so and a guy that's used to play for uh, uh, for Tampa. Right. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Anybody can do it. Mutiny, and, and these pickup right? games are nowhere near as intense as what I, I used to the rowdies. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Rowdies. I mean, my glasses were thrown off. I mean, it was, I guess, skin my knees. That was way more intense. These are like 10-minute matches. Mm-hmm. This is nothing major. Like, right. just go out. You do not have to be super in shape. You if can just anybody play for wants 10 to minutes. come and play pickup and watch me get play nutmegged for Whatever. 10 minutes, you know, yeah. It's, it's great. Um, we want to uh, get into a couple questions yes. before we wrap up with you guys. Yes. Uh, something we do with all of our guests mm-hmm. is we ask, uh, what is your favorite lane night match moment? So we'll start with you, Felipe. Yes. Oh, gosh. Over, over last season, think. over this season okay. in general. Mine is pretty obvious. I have to go with the Assad goal. I really do. Um, there have been several, but uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, that was just such a big night for this city. Yeah. If we had a spreadsheet, there would be like seven There's check so marks. There's so many tick yeah. marks it's, there. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's iconic. And, yeah. and I was there um, with my wife, and, and, I, and I met people there, like people that I knew, and then I made friends. And this was all pregame, and you could just feel this like energy. And obviously, Bobby Dodd had... Uh, something, you know, there, there, there's like an aura around that stadium and you just knew it was going to be a big game. Uh, and so the match was just, it was a good match. Like the, the New York Red Bulls, who in my opinion uh, were the best team in MLS last season, uh, they did not win it, but they were just, they were a very strong team and they looked like a strong team in that match. Uh, but something that I said before we recorded is that, you know, I've been in a lot of soccer stadiums growing up i went to columbia and i would go to big games where it gets loud when when teams score and that was the loudest stadium i've i had ever been in when assad scored it was mayhem it was bedlam and it was decades of release yes (laughs) Yes. and 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 i will never forget it so that was that was a great moment how about you larry oh man i can't remember the exact moment but it was a bobby dodd game and we scored the go-ahead goal and I turned around, and a friend of mine who has tickets on the other side of the stadium 
was suddenly right behind me. <laughs> and we both grabbed each other and we both pointed at our crests and we were both just like so hyped. And I, yeah, I guess just that Bobby Dodd atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you had to point to a specific moment, I, I mean, the Kratz free kicks that we talked about yeah. earlier, I mean, just the second one, I was just incredulous. I was like, right. certainly he can't do this again. <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then it went in. And, and then we were embarrassed for the oh. other two. I still think if yeah. he had a third, he would have put the third one in. Yeah, for sure. Game. For he was sure. so on fire. Yeah. So another thing that we like to ask is, um, obviously because the, the players on our team are very important to all of us, who is your favorite Atlanta United player and why? Larry, go ahead. Oh, man. Well, I have the most Almiron jerseys, so I guess I'll have to go with him. <laughs> and I, I told myself that wherever he ends up, that's the team I'm going to follow in the EPL. Oh, okay. What that strikes you about about Miguel? What do you? He's such a wizard. Like anytime he touches the ball in the midfield, he can just like poof on one side and reappear yeah. somewhere else, and it's just like mind-boggling just watching him like the, the yeah the he's like one of those players that you watch them and you're like oh i can definitely play this sport to that level for sure he makes it look so easy and i think i think <laughs> um, i went to the all-star game against real madrid in chicago and he was like the only player on the mls side really trying to do something mm -hmm. exactly and i was sitting with my friends that were from out of town they're they're not atlanta united followers and they're like that kid is crazy and i was like that's what i've been telling you guys this whole time <laughs> yeah yeah, it almost made me feel uh, watching this time, like the energy and just having Miguel and Joseph on the field, it like leveled everybody up. Like everybody was just up for it, uh, playing f uh, for the MLS All Stars. Yeah. Where yeah. I just don't, f I haven't had that feeling in a long time watching yeah. an All Star game. Yeah. You know, really seeing Piotti like making runs with like yeah. Miguel, you're like, what is this guy? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like I can't believe he's doing this right now. And if you go back and watch Joseph's goal in in the All Star game, and, like it was. It was all Miguel before right. the goal. Yeah. And he was kind of like working it with his left foot, and then he sent in just this laser of a cross. But so when Joseph scored, the stadium erupted. It was yeah. as if yeah. everyone was like, yes, that's New why York I Red came Bulls here. Fans behind me went yeah. nuts. Yeah. yeah, they all came <laughs> for that. It was, it was this wonderful moment where like all fans everywhere could be all really happy that Joseph scored <laughs> yeah. instead of them all being mad. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Felipe, what about you? What's your, who's your favorite Atlanta player and why? Well, I'll, I'll shift the... I'll paraphrase a little bit. Um, okay. You know, I, I look at it as uh, which which player has the personality that I I really want to get to know, and I'm going to say Joseph Martinez because he is a he's a challenge. You know, he's a guy that uh, you know even though I I, I I you know he opened up with me and you know it was it was it was a, it was a great interview and and I still look back and uh, really proud of that moment to to get Miguel and Joseph together, but. Uh, immediately after that, even though he left and we did like the, the handshake and like the, the, the kind of like the bro hug, um, immediately after that, they, there was a, I think they, they didn't get a result. And when I went into the locker room and I saw Joseph thinking like, oh, you know, he's going to like, remember me. Like, he just didn't want to acknowledge anybody. You know, he, he didn't have a great game where they tied or he was taken out in the, you know, in the 80th minute when he didn't want to. And he was just like, bro, don't eat. you better not make eye contact. <laughs> like I, that was the message I was getting. Did, didn't he say something where he's like, I'm mad all the time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So he, it doesn't matter whether I score, I'm mad all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And so I see that as like as a challenge where and also like there's there's more there. There's 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 so much behind that man uh, that I hope to uncover and, and, and really uh, tell more stories about him. So I, I picked Joseph because he's like he's like a Rubik's cube. You, you don't. You, it's hard to to put him together. Yeah. Awesome. 
All right, guys. We did something fun beforehand. Uh, well, we did two different things. Oh, The yes. first thing is right in front of you, which is uh, I asked you all to uh, Premier League started. Okay, there was a bye week. I think some people were saved by that. And, Larry, you admitted you're not a big Premier League guy. I'm not. So you I, don't have, I, like, a team you follow or anything like I, that? I follow Man U okay. um, indirectly because my buddy Zach. Rob Ostry would love you. My buddy Zach Ezzo. <laughs> shout out, Zach. He's probably going <laughs> to listen to this. So um, he's a huge, huge Man U fan. And so he, whether I want to or not, he tells me about the result and all the highlights and everything. Well, so. the reason I've I, got that in my friend Tanner. Yeah, it's just yeah. all Man U all the time. Yeah. yeah. The reason I, I picked on you is because I want to do your uh, list last because I just want to <laughs> hear what you came up with um, as sort of just a casual observer sure. uh, versus uh, those of us who may follow it more closely. So first, uh, Felipe, what team do you support in, in the EPL? I do not support a team in okay. the EPL. Yeah, I don't. I don't have like a a, a diehard following for. Well, for do you have like yeah. a, maybe a one or two favorites that you like? Yeah, to watch? I, I've always enjoyed uh, the history behind Liverpool. Like mm-hmm. when I was a uh, when I was growing up, like they were in almost every FA Cup well, final. And Liverpool so, fans love to hear that. Love to talk about their history. Yeah, um, but I do not consider <laughs> myself uh, a supporter. Like I, I like to watch Arsenal. Like I I, yeah. I enjoy. Um, like a, a big rivalry Maybe not so match. much last season. But. Right. Like, <laughs> Man U's probably the only EPL club that I can't like get behind. Yeah. But, but I, you know, they were like... Was the, that, is that uh, just strictly after Ferguson or just... Well, during, you know, when I was high school and college, they were the team. They yeah. were yeah. they were winning everything. It was all about Man U. And, and so I kind of saw them as like the evil empire. But, you know, a lot <laughs> of respect. I have a lot of respect for Manchester United. All right. So what I want you guys to do, listeners, I want you to pause this. I want you to go and I want you to write your top seven. Okay. Which you're going to predict who, how the top seven are going to fall at the end of the season in the English Premier League. And then when you get them, hit play and we'll begin. So, Felipe, go ahead and uh, read off your, your top seven. So my top seven uh, does not change at the top. I think Manchester City will win the league again. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're followed by Liverpool. I have Tottenham at third, Manchester United at fourth, Chelsea at fifth. Uh, my surprise top seven team is Burnley. And then I have Arsenal rounding out the top seven. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, it's almost dead on from what I have, which uh, I have the same uh, first uh, six, which is Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man U, Chelsea, Arsenal in sixth place, um, and Everton Okay, as okay. seventh. Yeah. All so. right. Uh, I have switched it up a bit from you guys. I have my first is Liverpool. Of course. Uh, full disclosure, Kelly's a Liverpool fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, I like <laughs> Arsenal. I just, uh, Mo Salah. Um, I mean, I just most of I mean, it's hard to dispute that. Uh, uh, it's so hard to dispute I've got that. Liverpool as one, Man City uh, two, because Pep, I love Pep Guardiola. I've got Chelsea three, Man U four. I've got Tottenham five, got West Ham at six, and I've got Wolves West at seven. Ham. It's funny the Arsenal fan picks Tottenham don't higher. Have, I don't even have did. Arsenal in my top seven. <laughs> well, that's because I have no faith in this season. I. I ha- like Hector Bellerin is gonna is gonna push them forward. Who did you have at seven? Hector Bellerin, that he is. ponytail. Oh I love him. <laughs> uh, I Overconfident. Have, I, have, I have wolves at seven. Okay, you're just you've just lost your damn mind. No, That's all I didn't means. lose my damn mind. You guys have no idea. Yeah. They're gonna come I up. Think you you ate, have no idea. I think you ate too many spaghetti. I cheese. I don't think so. Uh, I'm telling you Jesus. right now, you're all gonna be shocked. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm getting to get this. 
going to get this bottle of wine out. I think you need to have some more because I, I think you're crazy. But we'll let the listeners I'm decide not crazy. on that. <laughs> Wolves, give me a break. <laughs> Dude, I put West Ham at six. You're not giving me shit about that. No, that's that's actually. I, did, I, I said West Ham. Really? Well, I mean, I've I could I could see I could see that Look, happening. West, I, actually, West Ham is the club that, like, I would become a supporter of West Ham. I would do that. Yeah, yeah. Would, yeah. You know, yeah, what if so not, Mickey goes there? Oh, dude. I, mean, I don't know how yeah, welcome sure. you would be going and being in their supporters. I love that movie. What's the movie where uh, <laughs> they just like get in fights all the time? Like, they would look at you and be like, who are you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> mate. What are you doing here? And then there would be bubbles, bubbles in the air. Probably. Uh, <laughs> so, Larry, uh, give it to us, man. Okay. I am also on the Mo Salah train. So yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man U, two for Zach. Um, three. Chelsea. Um, Chelsea's my, also the my three for me too. My cousin's a diehard Chelsea supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, then I picked Man City. I shared an elevator with their equipment manager once. <laughs> the best so list I've got great yet. reasoning. Um, <laughs> and then I list. Uh, Tottenham because I love almost, Peter Crouch. We're we're tie on tie you me so really? some of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tottenham, I love Peter Crouch and Darren Eels. Come on. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> number six, uh, my buddy Neil is an Arsenal fan, so I picked Arsenal. And then But s- Neil's by the bottom of the total <laughs> full man, yeah. behind the equipment. But didn't, wait, <laughs> didn't Arsenal get like beat pretty hard the other day? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, we, so that's uh, why they're six. Yeah, yeah. We lost to Man City. Yeah. And then um, Everton, I just feel like they're going to be better without Wayne Rooney. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I think they will be. Um, I think they'll be seventh or eighth. Uh in that so sort not, of area. not too bad, right? I actually think your well list done. makes way more sense than Kelly's. <laughs> I, am, I, am always, I am always for shock and awe. You have gone full clop and no, gone off the reservation. Clop. I have. I've got, Never I'm, go a, full I'm clop. a double fist pump. Uh, what was that? That oh, really I don't know weird. what it was. I, I he was doing the shaker things, yeah. like he's like got the two shake shakers, things, but shake like weights. in the correct, in the incorrect. <laughs> sorry, the incorrect position in his body yeah, off for national television with two hands. That is like Yogi um, Low weird. Yeah. yeah, he got he went there. Yeah, I, so they have a they have a gif of it. I mean, at least on repeat, did, and least I kept watching it because after. I like I'm just still confused. <laughs> I'm I'm more confused about like he looks down and looks up and looks back down at it because like he knows what he's doing. It's just this weird yeah. moment, but yeah. Well, hey, guys, uh, there are probably a million other topics we could get into, but I want to make sure that people know where they can find you. So, Felipe, where do they find you? Where can they find The Athletic? All that stuff. Well, uh, follow me on Twitter at Felipe Carr on Twitter and uh, The Athletic uh, at The Athletic CSCCR, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and, yeah, and if you haven't subscribed yet, um, please do so. I think it's well worth it. You'll enjoy the content. There's a lot. There are offers right now where you can get 40% off your subscription. There's a free trial, so you can give it a shot. Uh, the one thing that isn't talked enough about is the, the app experience and, and really the, the desktop experience as well. It's, it's a great way to just curate content. It's very seamless and clean and no ads. So give it a shot. If you use code GRESSELLOVESJ, you get an extra 40% <laughs> off. 40%. Go ahead and yeah. throw that promo code in there. See what happens. See, see what happens. Uh, how about you, Larry? Um, Larry Luke on everything. Um, just remember, Luke is L-U-K. Okay. There's no, no E, no, there's no e. Yeah, Larry Luke, no Jesus. E. Instagram, Twitter. Um, basically, just talk about it, things I love about Atlanta all the time. And uh, I love sneakers, too, so that's probably what my Instagram looks like. And I love Instagram stories, so... Watch my stories, please. 
Do it. <laughs> and then go to Soccer Streets and find his uh, design and give it a like, which and, is a vote. Uh, yeah, yeah, all Absolutely. that good stuff. Yeah. Guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about where we're at. Where we at, yo? And we we'll at? bust into the last game that we did, which is we'll uh, we'll do a little supporters uh, shield chase race, whatever you want to call it. Game. Uh, I'm so, so nervous that I, <laughs> well, I'm not going to give it away. Oh, man, you're going to love this when you come back. All right, guys, we'll catch you a bit. the train what are you talking about marta closes like during the week they close like earlier like because on the weekend i know it's two this is a whole new thing <laughs> kelly's on navigating the, weekend, the martas on the weekend i'm two. very aware that they close at two <laughs> uh, tuesday but i don't know what their hours are like during the week i feel like it's midnight but i'm not entirely sure okay well while you look that up uh what we can do is uh get into the hey Yo! jay Yo, where we at? <laughs> I just cut you off in the segment. Where we at, man? It's nothing, nothing unusual. Uh, no. <laughs> so, guys, uh, if we look at the table, of course, we're still number one. But you've seen a lot of tweets and a lot of action talking about, especially after the bye week, how the Red Bulls, you know, they're they're on max points, and we're on max points all the way to the end of the season. They would beat us by one point. Okay. Yes. Uh, but the good news is, you know, Dallas fumbled a little bit as well uh, over did. this bye week. The New York Red Bulls beat LAFC, um, uh, if we go back a couple weeks, uh, and on August the 5th, 2-1, to one, and they, then they beat Chicago, and they just keep beating people. Um, uh, not difficult, though, against they Chicago. They just need to stop doing that. Well, you know, they keep getting these opponents like Chicago. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna win. Uh, NYCFC is more fallible. Uh, not, not as worried about uh, them. They drew against Vancouver, which were the only other team to to steal points against them this year other than Atlanta United at yeah. home and uh, drop that goal late 2-2. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, yeah. You, you know, know how I feel about NYCFC's <laughs> pitch, right? Well, you saw that diagram I made? I, d- I did see yeah. your diagram. I, I, be- I, went I did see this diagram. Explain postage it. Postage stamp yeah. of a field. When so. I went up there, it was even more Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. How, how it's below league standards and people right. just look the other way uh, it's no way because that's it's yankee stadium it's, it's like oh my it's gosh. no way their field is regulation yeah. um, oh, no way they also beat a 10-man toronto mm-hmm. in a farce of a match uh with josie altador uh 
getting red card in the 11th minute for kicking Alex Callens, who then was, uh, you know, Toronto fans complain about uh, us uh, or other fans booing their players. Uh, they then proceeded to boo Callens the rest of the game <laughs> as though he did something wrong <laughs> for standing there and getting his leg kicked. I don't know. You go. You do. You Toronto. Uh, so, so when we look at that uh, right now, Atlanta have forty-eight points. New York Red Bulls have forty-seven. New York City also has forty-seven. However, we're uh, at the same matches played. Uh, Twenty-four matches played for both us and New York City, which means yes. that NY uh, New York Red Bulls have a game in hand, they do. which is very important, especially coming up this stretch. And I don't like it as we have to play them uh, in Red Bull Arena. Yeah. That's at the a end of September. Win. At it's the a end of September. It's a must right? win. It feels like that game's tomorrow, like in my head. It really, it, it, <laughs> well, it feels like that is the deciding factor for a lot of things for us. Mm-hmm. Guys, the, it, the Shield, yeah. the CCL race, like that's a big one. Is New York Red Bulls better than us? <gasps> I don't want to say that they are, but. Yeah. Well, you know. they have the results. They uh, do. You know, they, they came into Mercedes-Benz Stadium and, and really put it to Atlanta United. They look like. You know, quality team that knew how to play against Atlanta, that did not fear them, that was they weren't intimidated. Uh, Tasha Martino told me that he believes they are the best pressing team in the league. They are so they're really good at it. They they're not the team from last year. I remember, I thought that they were the no best question. team in MLS. They're not at that level, but they're they're still a very dangerous team. Yeah. Some interesting stats I looked up uh, uh, was just watching some of the um, analysis of all the ASA guys talk on on Twitter and. Um, uh, some some of the interesting things their passing percentage has definitely uh, accuracy has gone up from midfield um, this year compared to last year, which is interesting. Uh, I think that's because two things: they're relying less on Clushin, where yes. teams if they could shut him down, it drove down those percentages and it, it kind of closed some doors. Uh, they don't don't rely on him. Uh, Royer has been consistently. Uh, uh, setting the same sort of assists, XG and XA. I feel like he's the most underrated player probably, in MLS. Probably one of the top three most underrated right. players. And, uh, I mean, his stats are better than Kaku. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just consistent. And he's sort of that second. When, when BWP isn't producing, Royer turns up right. and will put a goal in. And that's very important. you know. Um, and you're talking about you know, BWP is the OG Martinez. I mean, this guy right. was, yes, was destroying records uh, before Joseph even knew what MLS was. And and but when he doesn't turn up, uh, their players uh, do put the goals in. <laughs> right. Right. And and even when they play, they play in this sort of erratic style that you know th- this one-two touch and and the balls in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, they create this chaos. It reminds me less. Even though Man City is sort of like the best pressing team in, in, in EPL, they remind me more like Liverpool right. in terms of how they create chaos um, and that they also rely heavily on their defensive line to mm-hmm. clean up mistakes. Yep. Right. Um, and uh, they that, and that and if as long as their defensive line stays intact, there's no injuries. They're going to be just very difficult to beat. They are right. I mean, up until you know a few weeks ago, they had a very capable and competent manager, uh, Jesse Marsh. I mean, yeah. we all know his pedigree and, and where a lot of people see him in the future. Uh, I think we're still figuring out what Armis uh, brings to the table. I think he's uh, bringing a, a template where he well, rather than uh, you know. What do they say? If it ain't if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he's been under under Marsh's tutelage for how long? So that was a wise decision, I think, staying with him for the rest of the season. Right. B- 
because he is just going to implement and keep that same pressing style, there's, that same there's system. There's been Correct. no drop-off. And, uh, and that's probably one of the best dis- like under-the-radar decisions mm-hmm. made this year was Red Bulls keeping on him yeah. a- as yeah. their manager. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be in the conversation up until that last game. Exactly. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're they're a team that they just they know their identity. They have in a very established identity, which not a lot of teams in MLS have. Uh, obviously, Atlanta United in year two, they've made it a po- they've made a point to establish one as well. But the New York Red Bulls, you know what you're going to get every time right. they play you. It's a every press time factory. they step on the every yes. time they step on the pitch, yes. you know exactly what they're 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 going to look like. Suits. Yeah. Pressing yeah. pants. <laughs> you know, I wonder. If like, we, you want your dry clean demo right here? Like, I wonder if we 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 would even be talking about this if Atlanta United would, would would have stayed healthy through the whole season. Like, you know, potentially. But I mean, Red Bulls also went through Concacaf Champions League, correct? And you know, went through a the ringer. Uh, and if we want to talk about that, they 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 suffered the same sort of issues that Toronto did, and still have remained yeah. completely. Yeah. On top. Well, BWP was never out for an extended period of time. No. That's a big. That's the big game changer. They lost Josie and and those sorts of things. A- at the end of the day, their team understands how to work the system, and they've been doing it long enough and playing. And that's a big difference between Atlanta United is these players have been playing together. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they move some pieces around, but they, for the most part, these guys have been playing together for a long time, and yeah. and they lock into that system and they believe in it, and uh, that's what you need to happen in a pressing system. The only other thing I'd say is come playoff time, this is where everybody's eyes are going to be on the Red Bulls because Marsh is sort of this, it be, almost became a cliche right. of like choking big games, right. choking playoffs. And so will we see a different Red Bulls in the playoffs? Because, I mean, if Marsh is out the picture, if he was part of that chemistry problem or tinkering too much, yeah. um, this, could, this could be a scare. This could be an MLS Cup team. I mean, which is scary because they're in the Eastern Conference. I mean, when you when yeah. you when you think about the, the teams that we will most likely have to face in the MLS Cup going into whatever team we faced in the Western Conference, the one team that scares me the most is the Red Bulls. Yeah, I. I, I mean, the, the Red Bulls and NYCFC, but I mean, both actually, of, them and Columbus scare me. Columbus <laughs> in the playoff. Columbus me. is such a playoff team. They're well, built for, for the playoffs. For, for me, the the game we've got coming up against Columbus is gonna. St- I know that we beat them obviously in Columbus, but I think when they have when they're here. In our own house, it's almost going to feel. I'm not like talking about rematch. regular season Columbus. I'm talking about playoff Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. Playoff Columbus. Once they get over that line, it's like they they all they care about is to just do whatever they have to to get over that playoff line because they know they're very well coached too. They know they're that their well system coached. their system is perfectly because they can slot in pieces. They it's whether they have injuries or not, whether they travel, whether they're under pressure. It's built for playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and Burhalter's whole system and, and making guys feel comfortable and not have to think about it, uh, that, there's, that they're, they're, they're going to – they feel that whatever they do, if they, as long as they play in their role, they're going to be successful. But to, That's to a what, very powerful drug. To what Kelly <laughs> was saying, I personally want to see our guys come out like gangbusters on Sunday, yeah. like to give me a little bit more confidence that we're going to – have some momentum going through these last 10 games. Yeah, I, w- I want every pinup aggression they've ever had with that Columbus game to just go full throttle yeah. on. Well, I, I, want, I want a shootout. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll talk about Columbus here in a second. We could talk about some of that stuff. Uh, what we want to do first is go ahead and uh, uh, get out the Supporter Shield race, see where that's at. And this is, again, tying back to New York Red Bulls and, and why they're sort of ahead of us on max points is they're the only team to be over two 
points per game. They're now at 2.04 points per game. Right. Um, and Atlanta United is still holding fast at 2. Uh, so it is 1 and 2. Atlanta United is still in first place. But again, uh, New York Red Bulls have a game in hand. Uh, and uh, as far as the Supporters' Shield race, NYCFC also won game in hand. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be a close one. Some people are saying it's going to pull away. Uh, teams will start to pull away here in the few weeks. I'm not so sure about that. No, I it's going to be, be super tight between the top three teams, NYCFC, Red Bulls, and us. There's, and, and there's no margin for error. No team has no. it. So. Well, and we, I read something uh, just recently where uh, Michael Parker's talks about it's, you know that's actually not such a bad thing, uh, that they've had this week off now. They've had a bye week. Um, they basically focused on fitness. Um, and then they did really nothing tactical speaking. Uh, and then they got a few days off. We saw uh, Larry and McCann playing Sam, playing the <laughs> They're Sand basically Castles. the yeah. ad for sunscreen. Gre- <laughs> apparently, they all. Apparently, everybody just went to a beach somewhere yes. uh, that weekend. Gressel's holding on to his dog in a picture with his fiance. Uh, absolutely adorable. And that's uh, that's where we get the fun pics. Uh, so I guess thank you for for giving me a holiday so we can get some content. Uh, hashtag. Player, player, shirtless player content. <laughs> Trust uh, me, I got a lot of uh, messages for from the a man lot and of the females. ladies. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then in the CCL race, uh, NYCFC pulled ahead uh, they did. while we were sitting on our thumbs here uh, with this bye week. We are now two points. I'm sorry. Uh, one total point. one point behind. One point behind in the race. Uh, New York Red Bulls uh, still uh, well behind uh, yes. with 97 points. Uh, we have 104, by the way, and. Speaking of Supporter Shield, going back to Supporter Shield race, I had you guys do something real quick, uh, bef- sort of right around dinner. Before yeah, our spaghetti like, sandwiches. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that. So for dinner, we uh, both me, Jay, and Larry had uh, the most delici- delicious sandwich I've had in a very long time. It was basically spaghetti uh, between two pieces of garlic bread and melted with cheese. So it was a grilled cheese no spaghetti sandwich. No words sandwich. Qu- could... It- could no. make you understand it was that this so is a good, good. thing. Yeah. Because it just, it just so sounds like you're like, I could do that. It, I could take two pieces of bread out of a loaf sa- and stick spaghetti on it. Like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no. You no. have no idea. This, this was a so work good. of art. It's it was a work of Fran, art. It yeah. really Fran was. Special. Fran Special. We'll talk to him later as well. So, guys, what I did is I broke out for li- you listeners. Uh, what I did is I took the remaining schedule for New York Red Bulls for NYCFC and for Atlanta United, and I broke them into three different columns, and each row had uh, the next you know team that they're playing all the way down. And what I asked is I said, don't even think it, gut check. You didn't get to look at schedules to see whether it's a midweek game or who's traveling. Or all you had is you knew that when they were playing at home and when they were playing away, but that's it. And I asked you to put whether they would have three points, uh, one point, or zero points from uh, each game and run down that in uh, about a minute. And I then totaled them up, so you don't know what happened and we're going to find out uh basically how each of you predicted the supporter shield race to end i'm, I'm so worried. yeah i'm, I'm so, so afraid worried. that I, I gave the supporter because shield we, the were, we were all yeah. sitting there and <laughs> i think, I think there did. were moments that we were like we're thinking about it and i just i know that i was like no don't think about it just gut reaction so psychologically what i, I hope this would do is kind of put Explain where your frame of mind is and, and your confidence level in Atlanta United and their schedule uh, versus the other two teams and and how puffed up you feel they are or not. It's right. gonna, it's going to be interesting. All right, so Larry, we're going to do you first. I don't want to make you suffer anymore. <laughs> and <you have> to. <laughs> I'm over here like just sweating bullets. So uh, when the totals came down, you gave NYCFC uh, 16 points uh, total for the remaining run of games. Okay. 
Uh, you had them uh, interesting uh, beating Philadelphia as the next game, and then the last game as they play Philadelphia. had them beating them there as well. Uh, Atlanta United, you did have them winning the first game against Columbus, also beating Toronto in Toronto. And in total, uh, Atlanta United finished with 19 points. Ah, Unfortunately, so that is one point shy of always one New York point Red shy Bulls. <laughs> who totaled 20 points, which would have given them, uh, they would have won the Sports Shield by two points total. Uh, oh, how dare you, Larry? I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Yeah, so go ahead and just Can swap that, that for a BWP shirt. <laughs> oh, <man>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Turn to your armor jerseys for the, BWP. The guy that couldn't couldn't uh, hit the PK against yeah. Juventus yeah. ruined our night. Larry's literally checking my math right now. No. Um, <laughs> He's making sure. I just want to look at it. My, uh, look at. Look at the mess I made. Kelly, you're up next. Oh, no. And uh, I'm not excited for this at all. We'll mix this up. So we have um, NYCFC with 22 points tied with New York Red Bull 22 points. So that would have put New York Red Bulls one point over at the end over on uh, – or actually, sorry, with, with, there were like three points. So we've been like a few points ahead of NYCFC um, at the end of the season. Uh, Atlanta Wait United, 26 points, not one loss – in this uh, mm, remaining run of games, any game, ties? Guys. Two draws: one okay. against DC United at DC, and one uh, against New York Red Bulls at, at Red Bulls those, Arena. I had those as draws too. And there you go. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I love our team, and I, I know that I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Shush. Wolves wins the supporter I, I shield. I obviously <laughs> have us winning this supporter shield, but here's the thing: I don't think we're losing a game. I don't think we are. See, that's what I was saying. I think was, I think we have a trap game at San Jose just because that Santa, West Coast. Wondolowski, man. That West Coast he swing. No, okay, no. <laughs> the only person that's going to lose or Sometimes. have a draw at San Jose will be Toronto. Like, we have to play Colorado and San Jose, and between one of those, we're going to have a, just a weird moment. Yeah. Know? I don't like that. No, I don't want to hear that. She ju- I should have just given her one box and just and just put what you think we'll get for every the points that will average for every and it could have been 2.88 <laughs> points per okay so let's just put I'm that perspective you. let's just put the perspective we're at a, a ridiculous rate right now, on me right un, now. Un, unprecedented <laughs> to have this many teams this close to or over two points per game toronto did it and they blew everybody out of the yeah. water last season you're saying that we don't not only just maintain that we will like destroy <laughs> go to like 2.5 or 6 points per game somebody's going to do it like oh my gosh uh, this is a really fun game i'm glad you thought <laughs> uh, i literally typed this up like 5 minutes before i left the house uh, i don't think we lose i just don't uh, we get that thank you kelly wolverhampton uh so <laughs> uh jay that's me you can doubt me but when wolverhampton is top 7 um you're welcome <laughs> crazy all right so Atlanta united uh, I gave Atlanta United 21, which is good. That is a good number of points in my mind. Um, I gave them uh, a big fat zero against the Red Bulls in Red Bull Arena and uh, three draws, uh, one against at DC United, uh, one at San Jose, and at Toronto to carry that record of draws forward. NYCFC way behind with 19 points, and then New York Red Bulls with 25 points. They sure not lose mine? two games. Against Montreal and San Jose, and then one draw. That's it. So just a shitload of wins in their column. 
You um, guys say what you want, but we're I gonna waffled have on players Houston a coming bit, in later in the season. You're forgetting that we get Nagby back. You're forgetting that we possibly get Garza back. We'll get Garza You're forgetting back for that we are not playing with Barco right now. Like you guys are like. If only we had the skill of Wolverhampton to power us through this moment. Once again, <laughs> when Wolverhampton is top seven, I'm gonna look at you, Jay, and be like, "What were you saying?" I don't believe in fairy tales. Uh, Felipe. Yes. Last but not least, we have NYCFC far behind 15 points, which I had them at 16 points. Um, they have a they have a tough schedule, I think. Mm -hmm. um, even though New England's in there and Minnesota United, I think Minnesota United is actually you put zero for them. I actually think they'll. Minnesota's going to like pull them. Okay. They're just going to. I, I wasn't I sure there. I, I mean, think they're going to just they're, be. They're, they're good for a game like that. And, and they're good NYC's, at home. Yeah. Quintero is just weird, crazy right, right, right. now. Um, but, anyways, I agree around that same about point total. Uh, you have New York Red Bulls, a lot of draws, um, and they end up with 20 points. Uh, Atlanta United finished with 22 on the remaining of the season, which means Atlanta United would pull it off by one point. I like where Supporter Shield. I like that. That's probably. More I could have sworn I my, gave it to the New York Red Bulls. I like, I like yours be. better than his. <laughs> but that was that was gut reaction. You just felt like that they were yeah. going to draw you, a lot. You kept yes. New York okay. Red Bulls and Elena had very tight All at right. the end. So guys, uh, I recommend trying this. Like write them out, three different columns for each team, the remaining schedule. Maybe I'll post Maybe the spreadsheet. You should, you should post the spreadsheet. Yeah, and do it now. This is the season yeah. to do it. Yeah. That's this why this game is so fun. And just don't even think about it. We should take a picture of these and put. Tweet, yes, tweet yeah. we should. We, we should. It's just a gut check. It's to like kind of check your emotional level of yeah. how you feel about. Don't team. overthink it. Don't do yeah. anything. Just write a number down. Yeah, have fun with it, guys. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to get into... The same thing I did, apparently, with Wolverhampton. <laughs> Wait, so to, to summarize, to I accidentally gave the supporter shield to the Red Bulls. According to Kelly. Europa Kelly, League. Kelly thinks Atlanta United's going to win the supporter shield. Jay, you had... Not Red, win, like destroy. Destroy. <laughs> Jay, you had Red Bulls yes. also. And you, and so it's 50-50? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a toss-up between, between the four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, we're going to preview the Columbus match. We alluded to it a little bit before. They are currently in fourth place. Uh, they are 11-6 and 7. Uh, respectable. You know, this is a team that always hangs around. You just kind of don't pay attention. They're under the radar. They're not flashy. But uh, and, and maybe it's because we beat them every time, and just, then we don't think about them until it pops up again. But this is a team that is uh, playoff bound regardless. They're going to the playoffs. Uh, you could believe that. And uh, they're gonna be a team that hopefully, I hope we don't face at least in the first. Like I, I hope we ha we should have a bye the first round, right? In which case we'd play probably what the th the third we play the third place team if we were first. Mm -hmm. My my fear is when we I go fall, to sleep every night. That's my, what I pray my for. My fear is we fall bye. to second and we have fucking oh, Columbus again. <laughs> I swear to God, it's in my nightmares. It's gonna it's gonna end up happening and it's gonna be awful. Yeah, it's gonna be awful. And they are four. Oh, and three, four wins, three losses in the last seven. Uh, they beat Houston and then the Red Bulls away, which was, uh, thank God, because otherwise Red Bulls I mean, would be running right? away with us right now yep. compared to where they are uh, at the moment. Uh, they beat Orlando, as does everybody. Then oh, they, well. they lost to NYC, <laughs> as does everybody at, at NYC. And uh, they were slaughtered by LA Galaxy. Right, 4-0. Uh, yeah, 4 nothing. And RSL, uh, they beat RSL and then they lost to LAFC. So there are... You know, they're about where an MLS team should be winning and losing. In my right. in my, in, weird in my games mind. that they win, so weird consistent. games that they lose. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Justin Miram is back, yep. which we expect right. he will play 
in so, this game, I would imagine, at least some minutes? Yeah, so for me, it's like we're playing the Columbus team we played last year. So that now it, yeah. now it feels like an actual rematch. To me, I, I think I tweeted, I said, so if we lose to Columbus, is it like losing to Orlando by way of proxy to Justin Miram? No. Like, especially if he no. scores a Mir- goal? Miram was <laughs> never with that team. <laughs> yeah. no, Miram was yeah. on the team. He was never with the team. Um and uh, the question is, you know, will he produce? Uh, he will play more of, uh, 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 what was he, on the right-hand wing? Uh, or is on, uh, he played more of a wing role. It's a wing um, role. With, uh, with, with Columbus. Um, that last game was very ugly. I watched it. They played Houston. It, it, that can happen against Houston. I, I don't know how much that was Columbus. Um, and that was with Higuain back. And so we'll see Higuain back as right. well. Um, they're good defensively. But Atlanta United has beaten them every time we see them, except for the playoffs. 2-0 in uh, this past match. We played them in June. Uh, in last July, uh, we beat them 2-0. Last June, 3-1. How do you guys feel about this? I think it's a real test. No Definitely. no concerns yeah, about having this. the bye week. Some people say, well, you know, the break of the chemistry and... Um, not that we were going so. in with a winning streak, anyways. No. You know, because what we, I, we drew what to I, Toronto. I mean, if we want to talk about chemistry, what I found most with the people who had bye weeks is that they spent their times with other players. So yeah. I didn't see anybody like it. Just uh, to no, me, that's. Uh, but there's yeah, go ahead. Go there, ahead. There's this whole thing. Like I watch a lot of NBA, and like when when they come off the All Star break or they go on this like you know six game uh, Western Western road trip, like. There are just some times where they have tired legs, or there's just a lull where they're not locked in mentally. And I'm afraid that, like, that first half on Sunday, our guys will just kind of be coming back from vacation a little it's bit. An it's an afternoon game. I don't, I I don't know if you guys yeah. have ever sort of thought about or real, like, watching afternoon games. We've had a few. It seems like we start slower right. than mm-hmm. usual. To me, another thing is that the opponents are, are dictating the style of play and the tempo right now. Right. So, so Atlanta United has has they're maintaining possession, they're attacking, they're they're creating chances, uh, but it's not an up and down game. It's not a wide open game. They're, they can't come out and, and just really push it because they're running into you know a back five. Uh, what I'll say about Columbus is uh, you, you went over the results. Uh, I, I thought the last you know these last few matches against Atlanta United. Columbus was pretty flat. Like they weren't the team that we saw in the playoffs. And, and to Kelly's point, I think that is the team that now we'll see uh, on Sunday. Uh, I think Miram adds something. I, th- I thought he played really well in the playoff game. He was one of those players that stood out. That was always active. Uh, so so yeah, they're strong in the midfield. Uh, they're very tactical in how they 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 approach the game. So expect another very you know high level tactical battle that. You know, to Larry's point, it might be slow at the beginning. Um, coming off a bye week, uh, yes, you're rested, but you're Zardis not in the zone quick, yet. Yeah, like on the break. Yeah, they, you know? they he's one of those guys where people are like, oh, he's oh a tall gosh. guy. You launch balls at him. I'm like, no, dude, that guy can run. He's so crazy fast. Like he was right. a winger yeah. <laughs> for <the> Galaxy. <laughs> right, and, and and something that Atlanta United, I know they're already used to because they have they have quality in the squad and and their technical staff is so ex- is so experienced, but. You know, teams come in here and they, they really want to play. They want to beat them. They, we they, see they it get up for, for, for the, the goalkeepers game. step it up. Right. I mean, the, yeah, the, the insanity yeah. of the goalkeeping that comes into the stadium yeah, is absurd. It's like, it's like Bono one of those stands things. on his head. Other goalkeepers yes. stand on their yeah. head. Yeah, it's one of those amazing things that every team that comes in here knows that 
you have to perform. Yeah, There's not a just coming here and, and shitting the bed. Although the one team that I think possibly did that was Seattle. Unfortunately, the worst time that they could do that, which was the uh, World Cup final game, that they just came in and was like, fuck this. And, oh, and they were really proud of that performance. They actually walked away thinking... You know, they were coming off a lot of losses, and they, they took a point away at Mercedes-Benz, and, and they they followed Portland's blueprint. And ever since then, every team that has come in, I'll, I'll, I'll give Toronto a little bit more credit. I thought yeah. they... No, they, I thought Toronto they, did a great job. Yeah, they, they did sit back, but they, they looked for that point. So I feel like Columbus is going to... is not the same. I mean, they are going to definitely press it as Columbus. But um, I think in a point to our guys, uh, Toronto also is... Uh, I felt like we held possession really well. Um, we played a great game up to the last few minutes, but we also have to realize that we are coming off of a week where there was a, a all-star game in midweek, and those guys had been doing pressers and all that good stuff yeah, the we entire had five week. Dudes so, so I feel like even though a bye week sometimes is weird, I feel like guys are going to be coming in refreshed. They're going to be amped. They're going to be actually like like all of us are starved and ready for a game. I think it's going to be the exact same. And I think honestly, I think. Joseph goes crazy. Uh, okay. Well, I like mean, let's, record-breaking let's, crazy. Let's talk. Let's talk realistically, though, before we get into score predictions. Um, we know we have Escobar back. Okay, we're still thin though. So if something happens, we're most likely if something ever ha- happens to one of our guys, where we if they look like they need to be taken off, we'll switch back to a three-five-two. We know that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, whether we start with a four-two-three-one uh, or a three-five-two, uh, I don't think that's necessarily important against Columbus um, to me uh, I think we played them last time in a 3-5-2 in their own stadium and we did fine so I yeah. don't think that the formation is going to matter much um, what will matter to me though is uh, you know will Barco play you know will that's he come back a question up in the air I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like because he's going to he start. I don't think he's no, he healthy enough to start right now. Well, no, why is he not healthy? Because he he's, hasn't played well, ninety he's been minutes. Training. He's, been yeah, training. he's training. He's fit. He played the MLS right? All Star game. That, but that the point is, though, you're you're you are now sitting on your third game without starting a full ninety minutes. I don't think that would so the word fitness this week. I think that if he could, if he has to start, okay. he'll start. But let's say he is healthy and could start. Will he? Will that matter? You know. I think so. I mean, you know, Barco is still a, a very good player, um, he, but he has a lot of work to do, and 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 the work isn't necessarily on the field. You know, he's in his own very personal, you know, public relations crisis, and he needs to, you know, go through the disciplinary action that at this point now is a coach's decision. So, you know, at this point, I would not be surprised if he's still suspended. You know, it, I honestly yeah. didn't did not didn't Tata also say when he was listing off games that Barco was missing, he listed Columbus. No, no, no. He said that theoretically if he was going to remember we talked about this. He said theoretically if I'm gonna, you know, make him sit okay. Columbus, I'm gonna do it because you know, it's my I'm decision. Not, not, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not worried about okay. the game. Right. I'm doing it because it's the what I believe is the right thing to do. So you're saying theoretically, like in a, in a question, I, but answering yeah, questions. M- yeah. My, my personal opinion is, strangely to, to much people's um, confusion, when the, the lineup did come out against Toronto, I feel like Kratz, Remedy, Midfield played really well. And I honestly feel like if that came back out again, I would be okay with it. So you're less worried about Barco. You're more worried about like the midfield. I'm, I'm more 
more I'm more wanting to see consistency with our players and something that they're already comfortable in. Um, I I'm for reintroducing Barco to the team and and reintroducing him uh, to wherever he fits. Uh, I think he's a sub. See, my, then, my thing is, is if you have a healthy Larry, you put him in the midfield. I mean, you have to yep. right now. Um, with Especially with uh, with uh, Re- uh, Remedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Remedy. I think Kratz could be a great substitution uh, to come into the game. Uh, especially, I think he's... The thing is, it's funny. There's this misnomer. People are like, well, use him defensively. or you. I think he's fine either way like i think well, you can use a for, yeah i think yeah. whether you're t- still attacking or whether sure. you're on he's, the defensive he's just like gressel he's utilitarian yeah he's right. not this guy that you like some players you see slot in only if you're uh up a goal and you're trying right. to protect you know be, be defensive or that sort of thing i don't I think mean, that's it's the a, case it's a all. standard thing kratz comes into yeah. every game I, I would think escobar we would want his uh his creativity and his uh dangerousness on the wing and right. ability, ability to yeah. penetrate the box. Which would most likely mean a, a back four. Probably. Yeah. Um, and then I think that I would – I really would like to see Barco start. I really would at this point. I know it's a coach's decision, but at this point, he creates the most chances. We're in the we're in the midst of a playoff run. I know that Tata says, well, I'm not pressured by those things, but Jesus Christ, would you get him in there? Because the guy creates more chances than any player on the pitch. Okay. So who does he replace? Who do you think he replaces? Um, yeah, I think he re- I think he ends up replacing Gressel. Um, okay. I think uh, Tito would play up on the right. Um, I think if we didn't you know, have Barco, so we would have. You know, so because of the beginning of the season, you would be like, no, Gressel over Barco. No, <laughs> I I always love in theoretical when people ask me lineups online on Twitter, I always put Gressel over Tito, oh, and it drives people on. crazy. They go ah, like Joe Patrick, <laughs> oh, go keep sleeping on Tito, Jay. <laughs> 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 I don't care. I mean, to, to your point. <laughs> it's a Twitter line of I don't care. Columbus, because of everything we just said about them, how tactical they are and how disciplined they are, it's the perfect opportunity to run at them and, yeah. and, and really attack and, and, and have a, a front three of Barco, Martinez, and Tito with Tito's Adamito picking up steam, man. That's yeah. two assists, like, in three games. Yeah. And he's got the footwork this year. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I, my God. I think Vijalba has had a great year. Yeah. You know, he wasn't healthy, but uh, imagine if he were healthy throughout mm-hmm. the year. Like, I think he's been integral to this attack. I think he's going to pick up steam right at the yeah. right moment yeah. here. Yeah. You know, so right when we need him to. So, yeah, they should... You know, it would be great to see them uh, line up and attack. I think they will. Uh, I will stand by what I said. I I would not be surprised if Barco is still not even in the 18. And to Kelly's point, if he is, uh, I think he'll dress. I, I I can't see him starting yet. But then if that if you know what's really interesting there, so. to me though, um, from what I've seen a lot from the the bye week. Uh, digital media that's been going out. Joseph has been spending a lot of time with Barco. Yeah, he's been chilling with uh, Alvaro and, and Martinez. Yeah, yeah, Miggy and Miggy and um, Martinez. Which but to I, me shows that there's really that they've moved on from. Yeah, what, you they've know, moved whatever. on. Well, They're trying to com- he, make a connection. He's a kid. Yeah, he's know. a kid. He made a mistake, and and you know what solves these issues every single time is is success. Yeah, um, yeah. and and he that's what he needs, and so and feed the kid, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, the, Let's not he let needs a performance. So many yeah. people would be being like, "But play Carlton right yeah. now." Yeah, and I think Columbus is a perfect game at home to be able to launch him, relaunch him. Whether I don't care if it's starting or if it's a sub, relaunch the boat. Relaunch the boat. <laughs> Love it, Sorry, Larry. Pull up the anchor. Right on time. We're gonna bring easy. you. We're gonna bring you in. I'm gonna throw you softballs <laughs> like that. You yeah. just keep smacking them out of the park. It'll be fine. We'll do well together. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing is if we do start Barco, and we have uh, a Larry uh, Rometty pairing. 
is Kratz the power sub or Gressel now? Because we saw how Kratz performed with Remedy. I think it depends on what we need. But Gressel played in that that role, right? That right. number eight. Oh, if we're talking while. about that specific position, I I, I I love Gressel. I think Gressel's great, but I put Kratz in. Yeah, I think it depends on what's happening. It in the really game. does. It depends on what, like Kelly said, what, what's needed. So I think know, Gressel is, is that power attack. Yes, sub he's guy. a guy that I think he understands. Uh, he, he can defend fine. Yeah, he can defend, but he wants to go to goal, yeah. and, I, and that's I understand that's that. But what is what what have we seen most recently that's absolutely 100 percent needed at the end of games or when we're doing subs? That's if it's we're winning. It's, it's, it's yeah. that's if we're possession, winning. controlling the midfield, exactly. and, and that's something that an experienced player like right. Kratz gives For you. Sure. And right. So, but, but the goals that we've lo- typically lost were not lost from midfield. Um, for the Not exception of the Dallas game, which was a weird fluke of two events that happened right after the other. But typically it's in the box or off of set pieces or, you know, long balls or things like that. So for for me, they're doing the the dirty work and, and stopping a lot of play. Like we saw with Toronto with Bradley and shutting down Bradley and shutting down the midfield and doing those sorts of things. And Kratz did a great job of that. He did a great and job. I don't know if, if Gressel would have done as well with a disciplined Bradley playing against his style. I think right. Kratz was a perfect matchup, mind to mind, because soccer IQ-wise, Bradley's one of the smartest True. in yeah. MLS. But you're painting this picture of a possibly not even seeing Gressel in a, in a game, and that's so hard for me it to is. picture. Well, as a sub, maybe he subs on for Tito, you know. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if he would sub on it for... It makes me just really excited, the fact that... Midfield. I know that we complain about depth, and, and we should be complaining about depth, obviously, when it comes to the, the lack of defensive players that we have. But it still makes me really excited to think that we still have people like Carlton right. and uh, Gressel that could possibly be on a bench. Almost excited as spaghetti grilled cheese sandwiches. Yes, completely. Guys, we need to do score predictions. Our listeners are waiting. Oh. And uh, I know it's a little early, but we've had a bye week. You've had time to think Whew. about it. Okay. Maybe you haven't thought about it. So you've got 10 seconds to think about it. And we're going to start with Felipe. Go ahead. Give us your score prediction for Sunday. I'm going to say Atlanta to Columbus nil. All right. Nice. Wow. Clean sheet for the first time in a long time. I would love that, but that is not what I'm going for. I think the the second goal will be one of those, like, 95th minute goals. Oh, I would love it if we get a goal in stoppage time. (laughs) I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I'm going 3-1 to the good guys, us. And I and I uh, call it now. Joseph's getting a goal, and he is tying the record for uh, most goals in a season. So we'll at least have him sitting at 27 on Sunday. I'm excited to see where he goes in the next nine games. What's up, Larry? So I'm gonna go two-one us. I think Columbus is gonna score early, and we're gonna we're gonna be sh- shocked. And we're gonna find a way to dig deep, and Joseph's gonna score twice. A classic Atlanta United. Yeah, that's what we Pretty do. Much every so Atlanta you're, United so game. you're not <laughs> yeah. only saying does Joseph get a he gets a brace, but he also he's ties the record and then and beats then break, it. Yeah, he's gonna in a game. I'm yeah, okay I with mean, that. I can't see him make history not in front of a home crowd. Right, oh, it's gotta happen sure. here. Oh, that makes and sense. Then, and there's like that yeah. whole four a four game road trip after that. So, so like if we he has to if do we think here. about it, he's even more motivated now to be at home and and doing yeah. that. No doubt. I think their defense is going to lock it down. Um, I think we're going to 
I don't think we're going to have much problem with, with, with Zardes uh, uh, or Miram, to be honest. Uh, I think it's going to be a really hard-fought tactical match, and I think it's going to go back and forth a lot. But I think uh, we may AKA even see a, we may game. even see a red card. But it's going to be oh. one nil for Atlanta United. Okay. It's going to. You gonna didn't be say what team gets lots the, of missed the, red, opportunities. the red card We're though. Be lots of missed opportunities. We're going to be nervous. Yeah. Whole the entire thing. Yeah. 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 Larry's projecting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm projecting. <laughs> I'm going to be nervous. Well, you know what? We are I'll all going to be shaking in our boots. I'll just make sure I have a few ex tie a few extra on in the gulch prior to exactly. the match. Then I won't be nervous anymore. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Liquid courage. Good yeah. strategy. Strategies, people. <laughs> well, I want to congratulate you guys. You made it. You made Congratulations. it. Congratulations. It was fun. I want to thank you guys for coming on. I want to thank you for the gifts, Larry, and for the apps, Felipe, and for sharing uh, your stories with us. Uh, that's what it's us. all about, sharing your experiences and just sort of we keep expanding this community and kind of the, the different people and flavors that are involved with it. And so I hope, uh, you know, people continue to come along and listen on this journey, Kelly. I'm, I'm everything you just said. Keep listening, Kelly. Yeah, I do listen, <laughs> Jay. I, I don't like think you listen to our podcast enough. Right now. I don't think you listen I to our podcast enough. I'm going to ignore your comment. <laughs> I don't think you, you don't listen to your own pod. All right, guys, uh, with that, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to get in with Fran, uh, talk to Mr. Head Chef himself about those sandwiches. Oh, my God, the sandwiches. And all the amazing things that are Hudson FC, one of our favorite places to be. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back after that. Thanks, guys. Thank you. with the genius himself. I am so excited to get to talk to you uh, because you do something for me that most people um, only, obviously only dream of doing, which is blow my mind continuously with food. So uh, let's talk about it. What's going on, Fran? Hello. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, it's Rotella, right? Yes. Fran Rotella, you are the head chef here at Hudson FC. Yes, ma'am. Um, you make some of the most delicious food I've ever had in my life. And not only is it delicious, but it's, uh, it's I want to say abstract. Was abstract a We good just had concept? abstract food. We could, we'll talk about That's it. A, it was totally abstract. I, yeah. It's not been called that before that I know of, but I'm... Um, 
pretty well, okay the, with that. The, the thing with abstract is that like when you look at abstract art, it's things that we see all the time, and then they put it in a way, and you're like, well, it's appeasing, but like I, like immediately you're like, I don't really understand it, and then like when you. When you fully get into it, and then you're like, oh, I really like it. Well, let's help That's our listeners understand. Uh, we She's talking about spaghetti I'm sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti yes, sandwiches. exactly. All right, exactly. so um, the first time we ever came here, well, uh, first time I ever came here was when we did the All Stripes uh, mm-hmm. podcast with their watch party, and you made a tofu pizza. What tofu was that? taco pizza. Tofu, tofu taco, taco pizza. pizza. We couldn't think of it. Yes. We couldn't think of it. It was insane. Yeah, we raved about it on the pod that time. Oh, yeah. my God. It was so good. So immediately in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, anything this guy makes is going to be absolutely incredible. I walk in today. Literally, the first thing I do is I walk up and I go, okay, what's a special for today? And you guys look at me and you go, it's a, a spaghetti, spaghetti grilled, grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking, what the hell is that? Um, and then um, Jay uh you know, obviously the the uh, the fat guy What's that? <laughs> <laughs> the, was like, the, "Fuck yeah, I'm getting that!" Like, I didn't even think about it. Like, uh, other people were like, "Well, yeah. I don't know," and I'm like, "Fuck Jay, Jay, yeah, Jay put it in my a, fucking face." Exactly. Like, <laughs> right. Jay had to talk me into it, but I took my first bite and I I never looked back. I was on board. I'm a spaghetti aficionado, so anytime I can have spaghetti delivered differently. And this I'm was this was it. like mom's spaghetti too. Yeah, yeah it, and was it was like home you had cooking, enough, but you had enough cheese oh. in the well, like that's uh, in the spaghetti to hold it together. Mm-hmm. And then you had this amazing garlic bread that was thick enough that it was so buttery you thought it was truly gonna fall apart at any point because yeah. it fell apart in your mouth and you ate it, but at the same time it held it, it all together. It's all about the bread. Yeah. It's all And we've had the conversation the about the cheesesteaks. It's all mm-hmm. about the bread. So Absolutely. That, and I tell I just told a guy on Twitter, he said, Give me your top five cheesesteaks. I said, Number one, Hudson F C motherfucker. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Well enough cheesesteak in the name. I said, Those are all terrible. <laughs> if it says cheesesteak in the name, do not go there. <laughs> it's bad. Yes. So, yeah. So it was uh, totally amazed. Uh three of us had that uh, Felipe had the burger and he was like oh I'm just gonna get plain Jane burger and then he was blown away by the burger because he said the bun surprised him yes. again the bread the bun surprised him but it was yeah. also the bacon jam yes, yes. The, like, jam. the key to that entire burger yeah. is the bacon jam what got you into uh, sort of the culinary field um growing up going to my grandmother's house every Sunday when I was standing on a kitchen chair to look over the counter watching her make pasta every Sunday and then turned 16 needed to get a job got a job as a dishwasher and that was it I mean I haven't looked back since then so. can, can you tell me what and because the things that you make are not necessarily traditional pub fare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that you actually really wanted to, to highlight here at Hudson FC is like you don't have traditional pub fare here. No, and that was that was exactly it. And that's kind of kind of what I've been working on over, you know, the course of the last fifteen, twenty years, whatever, is the way you described it, the abstract art is just okay, this is a normal dish how do I make it not normal? Exactly. And just take the same flavor profiles, take the same baseline, and okay, let's just totally fuck this up and do something <laughs> different with it, you know? Well, the, 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 the long name on Facebook of the, of the pub is Hudson International mm-hmm. uh, FC, and so that is definitely the menu. 
Oh yeah, there yes. is, and that. But oh, for this, sure. But for me, I think there's a. We talk a lot about it on this podcast and elsewhere about it in Atlanta about building our own culture, uh-huh. about Americans building their own culture. One of our favorite podcasts, the Soccer Coolings, talk about building your own culture. Fuck this mm-hmm. whole like we gotta be like England. You know, my biggest fear. I tweeted out when the Premier League started. I said, "Oh, here we go, another season of walking into uh, uh, English pubs and American bros turning into random English accents, going, who are you? Who are you?' For no reason, right? Like this right. is just this fear of like this." bullshit appropriation we do where you go in and it's all bangers and mash and and it's all you know which is fine i guess if you're watching and group on premier right. league games it's english but at the same time soccer is a world sport exactly and exactly. so not everybody coming here wants that same cookie cutter uh atmosphere you well, know what i mean like why do we have to let the pub that we walk into immediately constrict our idea of how we're going to behave and how we're going to experience the soccer match that we're watching I'd rather come somewhere where the people define who it is and what it is about, and your menu allows that to happen. I think. And oh, that was oh gosh, you just dropped the mic. Hold on, I got to pick it back up. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! That, that was one of the things when when <clears throat> when we first started talking about this menu was, you know, they handed me a blank sheet of paper and said, "Okay, this is what we want to do. Here's a couple of things that we're thinking about," and I said, "Okay, first question." It's a soccer bar. Do we want British or do we want international? And they said international. It's like, okay, good. Got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you know, that's why there's miso soup on the menu. Right. right. I noticed you know, that right yes, away. I yeah. was like, what? What? This there's miso awesome. soup? Well, and that was, that was one of the things that we talked about. And one of the things that I said in, in all of these menu tastings was, as a sports bar, we want to have people come in here. We want to have a bunch of guys come in here and hang out and spend their day watching soccer, watching football, watching rugby, whatever it is they're watching, and just hang out for the day. Well, if their wives and girlfriends and whoever else can come out and hang out with them, that makes it that much better, and that's what I tried to put into the menu. Was I I'll tried you, to make it? I think my wife hated Fado like three months into me going to see matches there when I first yeah. moved to Atlanta because it, the food was the same. And this isn't a knock on Fado. That's their thing, right? right? It's not a knock. Their food's fine. But it's just the menu is limited. It's the same thing. You never can get something different. You, it's like after a few days or, or a few times going, you've kind of already tired out the menu. Right. Yeah. And every time we come here, if there's always something different. And not only that, if there's not something on the menu that I want, there's always a special that I've never heard of. Yeah. And, and for example, that we just talked about. And taco Spag- tofu pizza. Or spaghetti and grilled spaghetti cheese. Grilled spaghetti grilled cheese. cheese. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, fun. No. We had fun, and it created uh, discussion. You know? Yes. So much conversation. Uh, because so much. we had Larry and Felipe meeting us here. A lot of really here. dirty napkins. <laughs> yeah. Just we, I know. got I it looked, all over our faces. I but. felt, I actually had, uh, I did feel like a seven-year-old in a high, or yes. four-year-old in a high chair, yes. or whatever you want to call it, uh, while I was eating it. Yes. And, and it was great. And even somebody mentioned it was like eating their mom's spaghetti. Yes. It wasn't like this frou-frou spaghetti or uh-uh. different noodles. It was just straight up something you thought you would get. The noodles tasted fresh. Um, yeah, so it was just, it was great. It was a great experience. Gave us a topic to talk about. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and it just sort of kind of broke the ice around, you know, uh, Larry and Felipe and all of us just kind yeah. of uh, hanging out and stuff. That's one of the most wonderful things about food is that food is a conversation starter. Oh, and absolutely. If, if anything, you're just making it even a bigger conversation. It's, it's, you know, hearing stuff like that, that's when I made, when I made the, the cheesesteak, I did that for a special for, Super Bowl 
because, you know, Patriots, Eagles, mm. my Eagles, you know. Right. But I made my New England clam chowder as well. And I've got a handful of people in the company nearby that are from New England. And when I hear somebody that grew up in Boston taste my clam chowder and go, oh, this is home. Yeah. That's right. that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You it, know? That just, it honestly reminds me the movie Ratatouille. Uh, mm-hmm. When the food critic is the hardest food oh, critic yeah. in Paris, oh, has absolutely. a ratatouille and it's he's automatically a little boy again. That's what you want in food. You want to eat something that immediately you just you feel your your heart is warm and you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's exactly what we try and do. So we can't talk about Hudson FC if we don't talk about all these scarves. (laughs) So many scarves. People, our listeners, if you follow our Instagram, you've seen the pictures before. There's now a second bar of scarves up. I was here during the Scarful meeting, meetup, which you had suitcases of people's scarves. And that was... uh, that was, uh, I think, right before you put up the second bar. And mm-hmm. It was like a, a few days later, a week later, you posted pictures on Facebook. And these are, there's two different things going on here. You have scarves, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, you have scarves that are largely now things that were donated to the pub uh, or gifted to the pub uh, mm-hmm. and above the bar. And then you have this bar uh, now stretching, uh, splitting sort of the, the restaurant in half, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these, are these your personal collection, largely? The left side of that is my collection. Okay. So you're still new and yeah, this yeah, is this okay. is all new to me. Yeah. This okay. Is, like I, I had one, and then we had that scarful, and then all of a sudden I had a whole row of them. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've learned this. So <laughs> like I only tried it once, Ma, and then the next day it was hooked. It was. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that. But yeah, no, and it's it's totally been. Because we started with the first, when we opened, we had the Hudson FC scarf. Mm-hmm. And me not growing up as a soccer fan, I didn't know that this existed. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait a second. This is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're actually, I think I'm going to start working with some, some people and see if we can start doing a bunch of different Hudson FC scarves. I want to see if we can do, you know, we thought about it too late. We should have done a World Cup scarf. Oh, yeah. That would have been awesome. It's okay. You know. I mean, there's never too late to get into the scarf game. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, well, even though the World Cup already just went by, like, the, don't worry. Oh, <laughs> I know. No, no, no. We will, be doing, yeah, that, uh, we will be doing a women's World Cup scarf. Yes. That's yes. a guarantee. Yes. That yes. is a guarantee. A hundred percent on that board. Just not the under 20 women's who are knocked out the group stages. But anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on. The The... The scarf thing you just got into, but you you did have some crazy old school scarves made. I've never seen them. I've never owned a scarf this big. It was like uh, like a true winter scarf. It stretched like eagle's length of arms, and uh, that was uh, something that you gave to me. Uh, I think we traded some scarves, and mm-hmm. that was a very cool experience. Um, I think the one thing I've learned in Atlanta is people really have an appreciation for summer scarves. Yeah. <laughs> summer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because the All Star, the MLS All Star uh, Week, they had three scarves available for MLS All Star Week. They were all winter scarves, and everybody was like, "Are you fucking?" Oh my god! <laughs> I understand it's a traditional scarf, but yeah. come I know on. MBS but is air conditioned, but we tailgate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So no. tell me about your sort of soccer experience you 
you told us a little bit about you know your passion for food, how you got into that. What's sort of your plug-in? How did you tap in, or when were you first tapped into soccer as a sport? Uh, was it before Hudson FC? Was it after? It was... I mean, I always kind of watched, if it was on World Cup, you know, I would always watch that. I would watch some of the Premier League, but I never, you know, I grew up a baseball, football yeah. fan. You didn't have like a team, no. a soccer team. You and, and, yeah. and actually, we were just talking about that the other day with a couple of the regulars. I'm like, I really need to do a little bit more research because I don't want to just pick a team. I think, I think my team this year is going to be Wolverhampton just because. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> uh, full circle. Wow. Kelly, uh, what did I just do? I'm yes! sorry. Whatever it is, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kelly, wow. uh, <laughs> Kelly picked them to finish in the top seven this year, this season. So I think it's destiny now. You will have to pick them as a team. That's fate. You will now have to pick Wolverhampton. Because of the what just happened there, I think. So I think that's a good good you look. You have to now. Because now there's to. a story okay. behind it. You can tell me, why did you pick Wolverhampton? Well, I picked it, and it was just this thing that happened. Well, We're in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So there's there's my reason, you know? Yes! Nothing against the Arsenals or the Liverpools or, you there's know. Pl- there's, trust me, there's plenty of those fans. We exactly. Don't, we don't need any more. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're full. We are full. <laughs> No, but I mean, really, my my experience, my exposure to soccer started when we started this project, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when I really started getting into it. We, we got all had, these weirdos in full kits coming in <laughs> watching games. It's Sunday morning. It's oh, full it's, kits, socks and everything. You know, there's, there's always one. Full. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I, when when I think it was the, the England-Columbia game yeah. was the one where... This entire side of the bar was yellow. This side of the bar was all red and white. And it was just back and forth the entire time. And I just stood there looking at it going, this is exactly what we envisioned. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is what this place is supposed to be. Yeah. It's right. just a bar full of people cheering for their squad and then high-fiving everybody else when the game is over and congratulating them. And it, it, That's it, what I love about the World Cup, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was that was the greatest oh, thing about the whole. You know. So wonderful. I mean, some of my some of my Chelsea fans brought me a, a an England jersey to wear when they lost to Croatia, and the handful of Croatian fans were screaming and dancing, and <laughs> you know everybody was hugging each other, and it yeah. was just it was it was a really it was a magical. You sort thing. of get to peer into this kaleidoscope of different soccer experiences from like for the world cup like like hour to hour you know yeah. different games and different people and types of people coming in and their experiences so so it's really uh quite a different place to be where you're just either a bartender or or working as a chef at any of these places hudson or wherever uh to see you know these 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 fans come in and, and experience the joy and the pain <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah the the quarterfinals when we had the England match, then the Croatia match, and then we had a Terminus Legion watch party that night. Yeah, That's wild. Yeah. I mean, from 9 o'clock in the morning until midnight, it was just... Soccer. This crew would leave, the next crew would come in, yes. and then some of those would leave, and some of them would stay, and then... 
it was just all day and it was it I, I keep saying it's magical it was just it was amazing to watch it was so much fun <sighs> so you're in sounds, Atlanta sounds nice Yes. You talk about the fat being, and we've talked about in the podcast, being so close to Marta. You've got fans that will come in and pregame here and then come after the match. And, um, you know, so even during game days, you're getting a lot of traffic. Um, have you had the chance? You're in the kitchen a lot, Fran. Have you had the chance to really watch a, a game? Is there any uh, plan? To, have you gone to see a game yet? I have not been to a match yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, next month, a friend of mine has tickets for me we are going yes um yes. and yes i will be in the gulch yes <laughs> drinking <laughs> lots yes. of drinking oh yeah no 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 that's everybody come to see fran yes. it's gonna be awesome yes, yes. you'll know how to find you know, me you look know, for the mustache yes. yes well explain the mustache where did this uh sprout from so you you sprout. have I'm also a huge <laughs> fan of mustache. <laughs> i'm a huge fan of mustaches and beers was this so. uh, what is this style called something or it's a I, I don't know. It's a big handlebar mustache. Yeah, it's, it a, handlebar. it's a very a large very handlebar twisted. mustache. Yes. It's not even twisted. It's, it's like just six like, and a half inches it's like each straight side. out. It's like a T. Yeah. And then the the beard, too. Yeah. It's just one of those things that kind of evolved. I just said it as an offhand comment one day. It's like, you know, sitting around after work having a beer with my wife and a couple of friends of mine. And I said, you know, I think I want to do a handlebar mustache. And my buddy looks over at me. He's like, you're moron (laughs) this was like late summer like august and christmas morning when i came downstairs i found a tube of mustache wax that my wife had bought for me and put in my christmas stocking and kind of one of the reasons why i knew i married the right woman yeah but yes (laughs) she's put up with my bullshit for whatever year but no and it just it's just kind of evolved from there so i really don't know well kelly has an obsession with mustaches i do uh, i really we do. have a good friend and listener akil who has also has to do the wax every morning and, and he, he, he blow dries to, his or, do you blow dry yours no yeah no no okay. but his is a different texture of yeah, it's, hair. A, it's a different yeah it's a different yeah. style i mean like yours is very wildly taut uh and then straight out his is it's just sort the of curl a, at the end. I've, I've actually yeah. seen yeah. him on Twitter. He's got that yeah. nice little yes. curl yes. to it. Yes. I, Very traditional. Yeah. We've, yeah. My uncle and I have actually talked about doing some of the competitions. There's competitions? There are, you oh. didn't know there were competitions, Jake. Oh. Did you know there were competitions? Yes, I did. Oh. So like did Keel tell us about it's this? It's like the mustache no. cup. No, the, I've, I've known yeah, about it. the world them. championships. Are you lying? No, I've... I've I pay, I pay very close attention to Were these. they on ESPN oh, or some shit? No, these. No. I mean, they put everything on ESPN these, these days. Well, so. yeah, we were watching <laughs> Dodgeball on ESPN the other <laughs> I love day. It. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. Cornhole. Like, yeah. Have Horseshoe. We, have yeah. we gone that far? Have yes. we devolved yes, that far now? Yes. Yeah. It's too late. No turning back. Yeah. <laughs> no, look up the World Beer Championships. These guys are absolutely. Yeah. The if stuff you, that they do is this. Times twenty, and I think Instagram has blown that up even more because, like, you know, I think I've come across some beard folks that, like, you know, that's all it is is their pictures of their like their whole account is yeah, just is beards, just their, beards. Yeah. yeah, their yeah. beard yeah. styles. They give yeah. good stash. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fran, uh, we have a couple of questions. I don't know how well you've had the chance to follow Lane United, mm-hmm. um, but we typically uh, may, this may be like what your favorite match moment. Is of other people. Other people <laughs> watching because you're always doing other. Welcome things. to the culinary world, people. Uh, I have an uncle in it. It's 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 a whole other thing. Um, do you have a favorite Lane United match moment that you can think of? Um, 
Well, until I get to my first match, watching the first match at home, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I've, I've said this before, as a Philadelphia sports fan, coming to Atlanta and watching, looking at empty stadiums and, and right. it just watching what happened that day and, and the feeling behind it, it just blew me away because it was something that I, I wished I could always see in this city, you know. I'm a Phillies fan. I hate the Braves, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're in first place. I go to a ball game and half the stadium's empty. Yeah, yeah. that's just par for the course. Yeah. Just... yeah, no one argue with that. <laughs> but the first match for Atlanta United at Bobby Dodd, watching them walk in, watch it, that was that was Matt. That was beautiful to see. Yeah, that was great to it see. Really was. Have you latched on to a particular player yet? <sighs> Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, because, like I said, I don't want to go with, you know, just, you know, Joseph or, right. you know. Right. I mean, it's fine if you do. <laughs> I, there's there's many reasons behind why somebody would like Joseph. So, But, I, I, and I was actually thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask this question. So I was like thinking in my head, like, okay, what's, what, like, I kind of was thinking about Parkhurst. Yes. yes. He's amazing. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because, you Captain. know. Captain Atlanta. Captain Atlanta. Captain, I, I just like that kind of, you know, we we talk about it in Philly. That gritty, you that know. That blue collar, quiet determination. Right. Not going to do anything flashy. Uh-uh. Not going to make headlines. Solid. But just going to go out and play the game every day. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of player that I love to see. Yeah. Yeah. Still, uh. Yeah, I mean, he's just there every day, every yeah. match. Down he's the just, fountain of youth, it just keeps going. It seems going. like other players keep always drop off an injury here, and injury he's there. Somebody, there. Somebody's a sub down, yeah, and knocking yeah, let's on lots knock. of woods. Yeah. But either way, he's that. always, he's just consistently, he's always there. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, Brand. that's a perfect pick. Tremendous. Per- great pick. Really um, good pick. I think, uh, is there anything that you want listener, our listeners to know about you or Hudson to wrap it up? I, I just I want to see what we were seeing during the World Cup. I want to see you know we host the the Chelsea supporters. Mm-hmm. We've got some Everton fans that started coming in here. We've got some Madrid fans and some Barca fans, and I want to see everybody come in here yeah. and just come in and enjoy a match because international for sure. That's yeah, it, absolutely, absolutely. Where can they find you? Online on the interwebs, Fran. And where can uh, they find Hudson? At Hudson FC, Hudson underscore FC on Twitter. Hudson F uh, and me on Twitter is at Fnar two thousand F N A R. Yeah. Awesome. And everybody, if you go and they can they can see your beard. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. It's, it's worth it's worth seeing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it absolutely is. And if you get a chance, come down to Hudson FC. We are in Brookhaven. Um, yes. It is accessible by MARTA. We are uh, which is the street. I freaking love. Um, and anytime you come in, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to find something absolutely delicious, if not a new, wonderful culinary treat that you had no idea existed. And Larry, thank you again for sticking around. Uh, Thanks for having me on. This is so fun. It's been a long night, but I think we've had a lot of fun. And... Uh, Thank you for, again, for the gifts, the peach, and uh, Fran got one as well. I did. 
I mean, Larry's just thinking of everybody. He's going to hang it up. He's going to frame it up. We'll have Larry Art on the wall, people. Yes, This is my bar now, I guess. This is flamed out. See? You don't have to pee on it. Just bring some art or something. Just be classy about it. Bring a scarf. Yes. Bring a scarf. Yeah, come take a look at the collection. There's pictures online, plenty to see. On, on their Facebook page and other places, and uh, you can add to the collection. He'll be more than happy to do that. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, this is our final segment. We're going to wrap it up. It's been a good, <laughs> good night. And, uh, yeah, why don't we uh, check out some iTunes reviews, Kelly? Yeah, I was going to ask. I know you made fun of me earlier for, like, not listening to the things that you do when I'm not around. But I feel like you might have hit some of these iTunes reviews while I was doing MLS stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I just was put together notes. You were busy. Uh, stumbled across a couple that we got during the bye week. Uh, the first one is says, great format, exclamation, five stars. Thank yes. you. By Sarge ABB. Unlike other ATL UTD podcasts that only dig into stats and tailor to football nerds, F-U-T-B-O-L, uh, Unrel focuses more on pre-match predictions and post-match recaps. Any podcast that continues to slam Orlando City SC will always be number one in my book. Yes. I give Jay and Kelly and five stars. Five stars, but equals five beers. Five beers. Oh, good. Five I, beers I right here. On the, on the iTunes it's app, the I don't get this, Yeah, I See, I don't have the mobile app. Yeah. So there so you go. So the next one says, great pod. And this is by Wilson ODK. It's another five stars. It says, love the pod. Keep it coming. Keep so the five stars coming. Here's my question. Woo! Did you read the Did you read the review that had the five pizza? Yes, we did that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I did that at the uh, either the last one or the one before that. If you, okay. We did. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Just making sure. We got them all, baby. Keep got them coming. Them this is awesome, guys. If we, what, where if we could I? get two reviews every podcast, yeah, that's that'd amazing. Be awesome. Also, guys, where are my tongue twisters? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need tongue twisters. Throw in some harder words. Just throw just throw in really complicated words. Kelly knows how to say it doesn't even matter if it makes sense. Kelly just, knows how to say fuck Orlando. She already knows how to say that. So th- that's in I her repertoire. I don't know how to say no, that. No, I said so that's already in your repertoire. You need, oh, yeah, we need more yeah. complicated things. I just things. need I need uh big bigger <laughs> words. Big words. So what happened? Uh we had some soccer going on yes, this we past did. week so, that, um, in Atlanta. That wasn't Atlanta. G unit. Yeah, G unit. Uh our our five stripers uh up and Gwinnett suffered a hard-fought uh, 1-0 loss against Charleston Battery on Saturday. Always a tough team to play. Yeah, a hu- super tough team to play. They're third right now in they the conference. They got a Conquo in there, and they got yeah. the, oh gosh, they're just um, loaded. So up next, the twos have an off week, so they'll get a rest just like the main team did, uh, the first team did, followed by a midweek game on the 22nd of August against First place, FC Cincinnati. <laughs> That'll uh, be fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Super fine. And that's going to be at Cool Ray at 7 p.m. So if you want to come out and see a really good team um, against our really good team at Cool Ray, you can see them on the 22nd of August at 7 p.m. at Cool Ray. Uh, it'll also be sort of a really interesting match because FC Cincinnati, as we all know, is going to be joining MLS. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of m- things moving on in the Sort of behind the scenes, they've yeah. been some firings, some questionable yeah. firings, and other things that are rustling. rustling It'll still fe- be a really interesting game to go to, there. so I'm I'm excited for that match. And also, uh, at that point, you may see a new addition, Tyler Ruthven, who was just added as a free yes, agent. That's right. uh, he's an ex-Silverbacks player, uh, 30-year-old defender. So obviously, uh, trying to, 
I think this shows that Lane United 2, even though we're in development, they're trying to add another uh, veteran defender. Uh, this may, maybe this is also a hint, maybe, of the lack of depth at Atlanta United and the domino Correct. effect of having Correct. to bring maybe somebody up like Bello or whoever from Atlanta United 2. Could we see a veteran like Metcalf come up? I don't know. but I would be interested in it, yes. I mean, connect the dots, people. There's a lot of them. You don't have to have a tinfoil hat to, to be with me on this one. You right? don't? We're adding a 30-year-old veteran defender at Atlanta United 2, so... That to me, you know, we're not exactly looking to make the playoffs and win, you know, trophies with this team. It's about development. So right. that tells me that they're filling a slot or expected slot for somebody to move up. Yeah. But I'm for it. Maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. I uh, mean, that's that's a normal prediction, but I think right now I mean, not you're Wolverhampton making... crazy. All <laughs> but... right, calm yourself, Jay. Calm yourself. We want to thank our sponsors, Dave W Photography, uh, for all of the images he provides us. Uh, Dave Williamson, uh, he's been a photographer for Atlanta Silverbacks as well as Soccer in the Streets. You can check out his portfolio at DaveWilliamsonPhotography.com. And Mock, the agency, uh, a design agency, obviously, in Atlanta. Um, Don Mark, uh, they are creative advertising, graphic design, and digital studio on 14th Street. If anybody needs branding, packaging, graphic design, uh, website work, they're at the shop for you. Creativity is their specialty. You can find them at mocktheagency.com. Do you see how I didn't say www there? I love it. You didn't I, do went, the I went I went straight millennial <laughs> I, on you. I, well, for a few weeks, you were like, I'm going to get this one time. I'm going to get this. <laughs> WWW. Lesson learned. Uh, so, guys, that's it, though. Uh, you made it through. It's a very long podcast, but we think it's well worth it. We have oh, a lot of content. So and, uh, yeah, you can find us at Unreal ATL on all the social medias. You can find me at J-A-Y underscore Riddle on the Twitters. And you can find me at the Kelly Francis on the Twits, the Instagrams, and the Snapchats. Hey, guys, get down here. Have a spaghetti grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, my God, guys. I, I'm not lying. It is probably the most delicious thing I have eaten in the past three months. Just come down here. I'm sure if it's not a special, just ask for Fran. Like, if you really are craving it. You just come. Just honestly, ask. just come in and just, just ask. Just, Worsey says, hey, I can't thing, make this right now. First but. thing you have to do when you walk in is go, where's Fran? <laughs> Please tell him to come announce up to yourself. me and explain to me what the special is. <laughs> and then tell him I want it. Oh, so good. Put it in your faces, guys. In your face. Or all over your faces. In your faces, all over your faces, whatever. Whatever works. Whatever works. Bye, guys.
Spaghetti, spaghetti all over the place. Up to my elbows, up to my face. Over the carpet, under the chairs. Into the hammock, wound round the stairs. Filling the bathtub, covering the desk. Making the sofa a mad, mushy mess. The party is ruined. I'm terribly worried. The guests have all left, unless they're all buried. I told them, bring presents. I said, throw confetti. I guess they heard me wrong. They all threw spaghetti. <laughs>